Yeah, we could talk. We about got it. lots to talk about. There's so much. I mean, I've become less and less interested in WVU's football. It's been three since, years. Well, mm-hmm. since the Big Twelve thing, because we don't play anybody that. I Hate exactly. I used to like to watch fucking Oklahoma and Texas, like in the big eight o'clock game. You're right, right. I used to enjoy watching them. Never gave a, f- never cared if they won or lose or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But now we're <clears throat> we play them for ten years and lose every single time. I think we beat Texas maybe once, maybe twice, something like that. Yeah, beat Oklahoma once or twice in the in bowl games, but but we haven't beat them in regular season. I used to enjoy watching like the Big Twelve style. Because it was so much different than what we did. Right. And then high we, flying. Then high we scoring. have to do it all of a sudden. Yeah. All of a sudden we have to do it. And it's like, we don't get that type of player. Well, and I, I just, I just don't. The, the way it's on the way it's football, going. football styles are almost like martial arts. If you're, regional. Well, yeah. If you're using the, uh, an off style, it can easily, it can go two ways. One way good and one way really bad. I, so, I was t- me and Adam were talking earlier. Um, are we recording right now? Yes, we are. Awesome. I said we WVU with the personnel they have right now. I know there's an old playbook from 2007 laying around. Dust that fucker off and use it. Yeah, the, we have that personnel right now. Yeah, we're not as good as them. No, there's no Pat White going to be walking through the door. But Garrett Green can can run a little bit and mm-hmm. he can throw very little. Um, and you got that fucking house in the backfield, C.J. Donaldson. Yeah. Give it the ball to him every play. He's freaking Steve Slayton and uh, fucking the runaway beer truck combined. Just run the thing we ran into. That, hire Rich Broad. But I don't care. I don't care you what know you how do. how many Mountaineer fans I, I polled talking about Rich Broad? I would Rod. welcome it. They're all fucking on board. I would welcome it. Yeah. And after, especially after seeing his interview with Pat McAfee there a couple of years ago, who Rodriguez, yeah, how they fucking pushed. him I out know the there's door. bullshit behind it. That's they the pushed thing. Pushed him out the door. You have another one of those? Uh, not this flavor, but yes, there's I mean, one over there. There's okay, white you mind ones. if I get one? Go right ahead. Okay, it's gonna be a good show. I'm gonna pause while you're walking over there, so it's not. Look at the the colors we're wearing today. Our home opener. That's that's Duquesne. You're looking at. Okay, right there. I was gonna really say Duquesne. The Dukes. One would think they show a shot of a mountaineer. We're wearing gray, like the in the home fucking open, like the coldest in the home opener. Hmm. Give the people the old gold and blue. That's another thing too. There, we've gotten so away so so far away from that. Oh, incomplete pass on the first play. Good, nice, but. Oh, this is Duquesne, though. Even when you, you you can't get too excited about anything. No, because I mean it's, we it's, we needed dub after last week, though. Right, we hung tough with Penn State. We hung tough. No, it wasn't bad. No, I watched the entire thing. I, I mean, like, people were throwing a fit over be, getting beat by a ranked team, a top ten ranked team. Exactly. They they were the best team we will play all season. Are they? Oh yeah. Okay. Well. Oh yeah. Okay. Let's discuss. Okay. Um. We doing sports guy stuff. Let's do sports guy okay, stuff. Okay, hold on. <laughs> Let me. Uh, I need. I should have prepared for sports talk. I didn't know that we were going to go this this way. Let me find some generic sports music. <laughs> Something pensive, but got a swell in it. Generic sports music. Going to click on the first one I see. Boom. And go. Welcome to sports talk with Chuck and Dutch. 
We're going to talk about near football. You could call We're going to talk about the state of college football. You can call us Chutch. <laughs> We're going to talk about <laughs> Deion Sanders. Is he good for the game? Um. Okay, I know you're just throwing out uh, feelers, so go ahead. Keep going. Um, you're not the best color man for nothing. I don't know what else there is. Uh, you have, uh, bare knuckle MMA. Is that going too far? That was a good timing. It was. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Let's start with uh, the mighty football Mountaineers. Oh, the fighting football Mountaineers of West Virginia? Yes. Of the University of West Virginia? People the, call us that sometimes. I the, hate it. The source of more um, elation and heart attacks in the state of West Virginia than anything. Mm-hmm. Other than eating everything uh, fried with bacon grease. There you go. Speaking of, that's another interesting thing I saw today. British school kids trying biscuits and gravy for the first time. Huh. It was pretty good. Is, that's like a new genre, just like black people do, watching white people stuff for the first time. <laughs> Freebird. Never heard of this Freebird. And all of a sudden, they're like, holy shit. Well, it's like you guys one, can do that? It's like, Well, it's like that one, like every black person I've seen watch Tool, all of them. They're like, this is amazing. How they could like, I never known about this? They before? like complex time signatures. Everything doesn't have to be well, four and four. the and the bass, like the oh yeah, the especially in the pot, it gets like really funky at points. So it's you mm-hmm. know anyway. Um, plus, they're just that's a that's not a new thing. There's lots of black metalheads mm-hmm. and turning. They're the same guys, the the same black people that like anime. That's a big thing right there now. There is an overlap. Um. How are you gonna let that guy run through? The motherfucker goes to Duquesne. This is gonna, this is gonna really bother me. Um, <laughs> anyway, WV football. Come on. We'll what do we need that. to do? Um, well, well, I, I th- <laughs> well. Here's what we need to do. Neil Brown, you gotta go, sir. I'm sorry. It's been nice knowing you. You pal. are not a bad guy. You're actually. You seem to be a very. You're probably the best guy we've had. Very pleasant individual. Yeah. Probably the best guy we've had since Don Nealon. Like as in friendly, yeah, yeah, but no, we don't need that. We don't need friendly. We need an ass. We need Rich Rod. Yeah, we. we I am fully on board with the Rich Rod. Bring back Rich. Bring Rod. him back. We're Spot all- the ball. <laughs> Hold the fucking rope. Make take. Some, I was there at his fucking introduction. Take some it was chances. Dope. Oh, his first season, he went like zero and ten. Oh, he went like two and two and nine because we only played eleven games back then. Right, it was bad, but you could see they're really trying hard. They're busting their ass. We had Brad Lewis trying to run a spread offense. Come on. Well, I mean, but the thing <laughs> about Poor it bastard. was is that there was. I used to work with Brad Lewis. He worked at CDG with me. For oh, really? Oh, yeah. I was his manager. <laughs> <laughs> but no, there was a lot of like. You could just feel the momentum. It was a groundswell. Like everybody knew something was happening. That know? what I haven't seen since Rich Rod left is us play hard for four quarters. No, if especially when we're behind. Yeah. Now it's one thing if we're one touchdown behind and we can tie it up. Mm-hmm. We'll play hard then. But like if we're down two scores, I have not seen us play hard the entire game. Even if we're down four scores and there's one minute left, four bust s- them in the mouth. Four bust scores. them in the mouth in seven years ago. It's been almost seven years since we've been good. <laughs> That's a goocher. Will Will Greer was uh, the last time we were good. Twenty. Let's see. That'd be twenty sixteen. Sixteen seventeen. Yeah. Yeah. So that's four scores and seven years ago. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. It was. <laughs> well, I think we played hard under under Stewart for a year. There was so much. Okay, let's break it down. Okay, we're both knowledgeable about Mountaineer football, so let's let's blow V eight a bit. 
Shall we? Let's talk Shall about the, let's talk about the coaching. What coaching? Well, no, I mean I've seen better calls from Jeff Mullen. There's a deep pull if anybody remembers Jeff Mullen. Playoffs. Jeff Mullen was the offensive coordinator for Bill Stewart in his first season. I know. Couldn't call. Couldn't freaking play. Call his way out of a wet paper bag. <laughs> Jeff Mullen. Of, every time I think of that one coach, playoffs. Oh yeah, playoffs. You want to talk about playoffs? <laughs> Can't even win a dang game. <laughs> playoffs. Um, we had Don Nealon. In in my lifetime, we've had Don Nealon. The boys played hard for Don Nealon. Don Nealon is one of the winningest coaches in college football history. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I was there when we ran him out of town. It was weird. I was like, we had two undefeated seasons. He he got got he, to the national championship twice. We, I mean. And in contention, way more than twice. He had us, on the average, we were competing for conference championships every three years. Well, we owned the Big East. Well, we never won it. We only won it twice. What, the Big East? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. Who was winning it all the time? Miami. <laughs> Fuckers. Yeah, Miami was winning it all the time, I'm pretty sure. But, I mean, we were doing what we should do as a program of our size. Every three years, compete for Trump Conference Championship. Mm-hmm. And in the fourth year, with well, all your seniors and shit, which don't exist anymore, right? Um, you got your chance for a national championship and a conference championship. You know what I mean? Right. You can do that. That's what we should be doing. We mm-hmm. shouldn't be on the fucking scene every – we should be a six- to eight-win team for two years, uh, an eight- to ten-win team on the third year. And then a Possib- undefe- possibly undefeated team on the fourth possibly year. ten to twelve win team in the third year. Yeah, you know, depending on who you got. If right. you got lucky and some fucking three stars walk through the door mm-hmm. that should have been five or four or five stars, that's good. Right. But you coach them up, you get the boys to fucking play hard. You can win some fucking ball games. Right. You got to get football players. It's the fucking Jimmys and the Joes as much as it it's is the X's and the, and the O's. O's. Yeah, that's. I actually said that today to myself when I was in the Stoker. You know, because I was having this. Oh, were you preparing for sports talk? I was. Good. Good, good, good. <laughs> this one's called Heroes. <laughs> the intro's way too, way too long. <laughs> that's not a lot of punch on that one. We need something that's like. Tonight, the Mountaineers will fly where angels fear to tread. You remember that intro to the Penn State game? Yes. Okay, let's talk Don Nealon. Some of the biggest wins for Don Nealon's tenure. Mm-hmm. Okay, the entire '88 season. Yep, I, I saw every home game that year. Went to every home game. I was 11 years old. Um, I watched them all. It was almost boring. In 20 mile. No, I, we lived in Dixie by then. It was it was almost boring going to those. But games. major. No, I'm I'm saying that there was no drop. It was no. It's not if we're going to win. It's who are we? Who are we pounding this week? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it was fun, but after a while, when it keeps scoring, you're just sitting there going, okay. Think about Major Harris. He was 30 years ahead of his time. A- easily. The reason he couldn't play in the NFL is there's no offense t- to hold him. They were like, you have to drop back and pass and wait for somebody to hit you. But the thing about it was he, he could pass. Oh, yeah. He had a he had can. A, oh, he had a fucking he had cannon, absolute dude. can. But he, was, but he didn't want to take the hit. It's not that he couldn't take a hit. He'd rather just scramble. I mean, that's thinking. Why not pick up a yard? Scramble like a and get the bill. yards, as, as opposed to just being second 10. We could be second five, maybe. Yeah. Or maybe just first and 10 again. Yeah, because he was very fast. Um, so he had, and then the it was 84 when they beat Penn State. The finally game. Yes. They beat him in Morgantown, mm-hmm. I think. Um. It's a 
the '80s are such a, a, a magical time. I mean, everywhere, West Virginia football, just everywhere. You know. What well, I mean? do you remember? I think it was also '84 that we beat, went to Oklahoma and beat them at home. Might it be '82 that I think I'm thinking about. Well, I was well, I was barely remembering it, but. I remember my dad telling me that fucking Don Nealon spent the entire offseason. Well, we're just hoping to go out there and compete with them Oklahoma boys. They're such a good football team. And that's what, know, that's just, how he did, though. <laughs> he, he said stuff like like that. You know, we just, we just hope to make it competitive, and then we went out there and beat their asses. I mean, that'd be, let's see, 1980. He was giving his own team locker room material. 1984 WV football schedule. And I think Duquesne just scored a touchdown on us. That's nice. They've had a sustained drive <laughs> over the first 15 minutes of the show. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> okay, here we go. Let's play a little bit of defense. I'm not asking you to be the fucking steel curtain. Fuck we, my 84 ass. schedule, okay? Ohio Bobcats win 38 to nothing. Knew we were going to beat them. They, we, we were in Morgantown. In Morgantown, Louisville, 30 to 6 win. Mm hmm. And Blacksburg win Virginia Tech, of course. It's a good start to the goddamn football season. Right Here's there. one that shocks me. Loss in Morgantown to Maryland, 17 to 20. Mm, that is a that is a rivalry game. It was a, it used to be a huge one. Oh yeah. Here we go. In in Pittsburgh, win 28 10. It's good. It's a good win. Good dub. Morgan good bounce back. Morgantown win. Syracuse, 20 to 20 Great Another victory. fucking salvage. Fuck Syracuse. Oh, talk, this is fucking just, cowardly this is zone but, defense with your basketball. <laughs> this Fuck is, you. But this is nothing but like Big East fucking rivals. Listen, this is our, that should be our schedule right now. Exactly. Here's another good one in Morgantown versus number four Boston College. Win 21 Flutie. to 20. That's the Flutie Beat game. Flutie. Fuck Flutie. Here we go. Flutie flakes ass bitch. Here we go. October 27th in Morgantown versus number 19 Penn State win 17-14. Are we ranked at this time? We, it does not say. I bet we're not ranked at that time. And then after one, the one after that in Morgantown, loss versus Virginia, 7-27. to 27. Virginia every now and then really Virginia has WV's sneak numbers. Up, they'll sneak up on They you. really has WV's number. Even when WV has a good team, sometimes they'll jump and kick the shit out of WV. I was crazy. there whenever he lost to him in the tire bowl. Dude, they stopped. Never us. seen a more obnoxious group of people in my entire oh, life. Oh God! I mean, I just used and to, I grew up in the goddamn Upper Canal Valley. It's full of obnoxious. Well, people. I used to have to drive to Virginia to see the the lady, and you know, not not the best people. Okay, <laughs> unmarked <laughs> police cars in Virginia. Yeah, don't here, enjoy that. Here's a, here's a couple more shockers to end the season. November tenth. In East Rutherford, lost to Rutgers. To Rutgers, nineteen to twenty-three. I was here's the one. Here's the kicker, though. Are you listening? Final game of the season, Miami at Temple. Temple lost seventeen oh, to nineteen. Oh, 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 damn, <laughs> lost to fucking Temple. Don Neal would lay some eggs kind of a, and then. Temple used to be kind of be a power. I mean, they used to be a good. A, a decent was this when team. Bill Cosby was coaching them? <laughs> We got to go out there. You got to get the smash mouth and the pudding <laughs> and the zuba zaba zuba. But here we go. Here, here's something that's the, I remember this bowl, the blue bonnet bowl. I remember the blue bonnet Houston, bowl. Houston, Texas versus TCU win 31 to 14. Well, at least we finished out strong. Okay. Let's see. I bet they were calling for his head at the time. Let's see the 85 though. Let's, let's keep this baby rolling. All right. This is, hold on. 85. We have to go. I, I love this little thing. Okay, here we go. Oh, shit. Now we open the season. Win 
in Morgantown, Louisville, fifty-two to thirteen. That's a big. That's a beating. Then in Morgantown, twenty to eighteen win. Duke beat Duke. It's an expected win, right? Then again, in College Park, Maryland, loss uh, zero to twenty-eight versus number seventeen Maryland. They're ranked at this point. Yeah, but we beat the number four Boston College last year. And here's another crazy one: in Morgantown versus Pitt, tie ten ten. Oh, you hate that. Virginia Tech, 24-9 win. Nice. In Morgantown. In Mass, Cheston Hill Mass. Win 13-6 versus Boston College. Beat fucking Flutie again. <laughs> Here's an, here and University Park, Happy Valley. In that Happy Valley. Loss to Penn State. 27. Zero, zero to 27. Then again, loss to Virginia. 7 to 27. Virginia's has had our number. But then we cleaned up from last year. We finished up twenty-seven to zero, beating Rutgers. Twenty-three to zero, beating Temple. 13-0, beating Syracuse. No bowl that year. What? No bowl that year. Well, we were like eight and three. Oh, there wasn't like a thousand bowls. Back right. Then. You really had to do something to get a bowl. Okay. Now you get a bowl if you go six and six. Okay. Here, here we go. Eighty-six. I didn't even know we played teams like this in 1986. Start the season out with Northern Illinois. You got to have a 47-14 win. That's the Wolfpack, I believe. East Carolina, 24-21. That's the Pirates. Barely squeaking by. Mm-hmm. Lost to- again to Maryland, unranked, 3-24. to We played East Carolina every year for a while, and I liked that. I liked playing them every year. It was a good little rivalry. Most of the time we beat them, but it was always a hard-fought game. Yes. And then Bill Stewart lost to him one time, and everybody's like, what in the fuck is happening? Exactly. Get him out of here. 86, we were terrible. I don't want to run through the rest of the schedule. I think that was Major's first year. I'm I'm trying to get to the the good years here. Okay. Overall, in 87, we were four and seven. Oof. I think. No, wait. That was 86. 87, we were only six and six. We played Ohio State that year. Lost to them, 24-3. That mm. makes sense, though. Ohio State's always very good. A lot of these teams I didn't know we used to play. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a Big Ten team. We finished the year up with Oklahoma State with a loss in the Sun Bowl. Now let's get to the good stuff. We suffered through this. Let's get to the I good. I should pull up an 88 highlight. Yes, you video really should. should. 1988, 11-1 overall. We start the season off with Bowling Green. Guess how that ended up? Win, 62-14. It's a dub every time, baby. Then Cal State Fullerton. I was at this game, of course, because it's in Morgantown. I was at both these. Remember this? Oh, I love it, dude. The MSN, MSN logo. Yes, it's, it's like the old HBO the old HBO thing. It's, it's, it's real nostalgic. The state of West Virginia Ooh. is a rugged land blessed with incomparable beauty. Above the rolling meadows, how our mountains stand like icons to the eternal power of nature. These mountains, this power... Feed the sparkling waters that cascade through the heart of the state, bringing life to its people. These people respect this power, for it is their lifeblood. They respect dedication and hard work, for that is the only pathway to success. They admire loyalty. A little bit of glass blow in there. Of a champion. In 1988, God, look at those these uniforms. Were affirmed by a Almost every one of them is wearing a neck roll. Who refused <laughs> to accept anything less than. I love the neck roll. I had a neck it made you look so They're much bigger than you actually were. Had a neck roll. They're yeah. loyal. Got to put the jersey over the neck roll. Oh, yeah, yeah. State to burst with pride. 
For in the reflection of these fresh young faces, they saw themselves. Their principles and values. One of our players is hurt right now. Oh, we're punting against Duquesne. Virginia University <sighs> Tell you what, boys. This team Neil Brown, you got to go. We got to bring back this, these uniforms. Yes, we do. We need pride back. Of an undefeated season. For the people of West Virginia, this storybook football season. That's the old stadium. The old, it's the same stadium, but it's, they redesigned it and they closed it. I like that better, the new one. I, like, no, I like the old one. I like the old one better, too. Mountaineer football highlights are sponsored by Key Centurion. That's City Bank National Bank Share. now. <laughs> Key Centurion. I remember Key Centurion. The fall of 1988 was most exciting for Key Centurion and our member banks. Not only... It's so weird. This is the VHS that they put out celebrating the 88 season. Oh, it's God, got like a commercial it. for Key Centurion. It's so <laughs> 80s. It's so 80s. <laughs> I'm still running through the... Uh, Run through it. Okay. Here we go. Uh, revenged ourselves against Maryland in a big way, fifty-five to twenty-four. I can't. In you, you know, you know, Don, for Don Nealon to score fifty-five points, he wanted to win that game really bad. Well, yeah, and he wanted to punish him because once you go twenty-seven nothing, Don Nealon's putting in high school kids. I know, dude. That was an admirable thing, but you know, I get it. Some of the games would. Start to slip out of his fingers again. Okay, then follow that up with a wit, a win at Pitt, number sixteen, thirty-one to ten, a pounding, really, a beating, an absolute thwalloping. Then in Blacksburg, beat them twenty-two ten, old Virginia Tech, beat East Carolina thirty to ten, nice, that's a good win. Beat Boston College again, fifty-nine to nineteen. Beat Flutie's son that time. <laughs> then, two years later, then. The one of the worst beatings ever suffered uh, by uh, Papa Joe beat Penn State fifty-one to thirty, and it wasn't even that close. No, they they could have scored eighty yeah. points on them. Yeah, they took it easy on them. Then they turned around, and did the same thing to the Bearcats of Cincinnati in Cincinnati. Then they pounded Rutgers, and then they beat. This is the year where it was a national championship game versus no one Notre Dame. We lost that 21-34. Yeah, I think Major got hurt in the first quarter. He did, but my God, the score is so close. It's two touchdowns separating them. You, yeah. know, you know how close that actually is. So an outstanding season for the Mountaineers. Now, that was Neyland, man. And then after Neyland, we had – was it Rich Rod after Neyland? Yeah, Rich Rod came directly after Neyland. We okay. also had the 93 season where we went undefeated. With the the dual quarterback threat, right, of Jake Kelchner and Darren Studstill, right. I still remember that game where Darren Studstill's helmet was on si- sideways whenever we played Florida in the uh, Sugar Bowl, right. And um, that was an ugly game. Robert Walker. The game against fucking uh, against fucking Syracuse, where Robert Walker's going down the sideline and he's nobody's catching him. He's pointing t- pointing towards the end zone, and yeah. everybody fucking goes nuts. Yeah. God damn. I know. Such great times. 93 season, we were good. 95 season, I think we were good. I think we were okay 95 season. That would have been in the Chad Johnston era, I think. Yes. I think it's Chad Johnston. And then when when Rich Rod takes over, at first they're not good at all because he has to build his team. It only took him one year to have a pretty good team. Well, he was 0-10, I think, his first season. No, he was – I think he was 2-9. and nine. Was it 2-9? and 2-9, okay. maybe 3-8. and eight. I well, think I mean, it's 3-8. We- and eight. It was also the 9-11 season. So I think we might have only had – we had one less game. Right. Let's we didn't see. play directly after 9-11. So it was 90... Was, was 90. Oh, by the way, happy 9-11. <laughs> Jesus. Hey, we forced them to punt. Now we're on board, baby. Okay. We're doing it. 95. 5-6 and six overall. So not a good... 
Um, not a good. We opened the season with a loss to Purdue. Yep. We played some really weak ones out at Kent State. We pounded the shit out of them. Beat Boston College again, even on a down year. Um, lost to. We stayed beating Boston College in the 90s. Then we almost beat a ranked Miami team, number 25, and lost 12 17. I'm trying to figure out when we got really good again. Let's see, 96. Eight uh, and four we were this when year. Bulger showed up. Eight and four we were that year. So 96, we weren't bad. 97. Uh, seven and five. You know, not a bad year. It seemed like Mark Bulger was like a great quarterback, but we just didn't have anything around him. That was one of the hallmarks of Rich Rod is he built one of the best offensive lines that ever played WU mm-hmm. with uh, Dan Moses and those guys. And he had Rick Trick undersized, but fucking monsters. They didn't get tired. That's that was the thing. Well, they didn't just get tired, but they were strong as fuck. Like that's one that's one thing about WVU's football program. They have one of the best weight training programs in the nation. You ever seen the weight room? I have not. I seen I saw it back then. Yeah. But now I hear it's one of the best in the country. Sure. But back then it was like, gee, there's just everything. Yeah. In nineteen ninety six or seven when I went there mm. for football camp, I was just like, Look at all this shit. Right. There. We had three benches in our weight room in high school. They had a hundred. Right. Well, they have what? How many players on the team? There's got to be 100 players on the team, right? Probably, if you include everybody that doesn't actually play, that's right. just practice guys. Right. You know, I was offered like a walk-on. Yeah, everybody gets like the thing in the mail, like, hey, come play for WU, but knowing I would have been a tackling dummy for fucking John Thornton. <laughs> <laughs> I got like a similar thing with to Glenville. Like, you know. Run! There we go. <laughs> Sorry. No. No, and okay, and we've kind of gotten off base here with with what we're talking about. Let's discuss the state of not only WVU college football and college football in general. I don't think it's in a good good place, but yet it's supposed to be regional, and you play one or two games outside of your region a year, and then the the bowl game. If you make it to a bowl game, then you play like somebody from the West Coast or right. whatever. If you make it into the playoff, which it should be a playoff, and it should be a huge playoff. It right. Be, it should be 16 teams. 32. Fuck it. Okay. Make it the entire month. Sure. Just go. All right. You know? Okay, but let's discuss the portal thing. What do you think about that? <sighs> I think it's a detriment. It is and it isn't. I mean – we're not going to be that bad this year because of the portal. Okay. But JT Daniels, who was our this amazing quarterback, five-star guy that we got last year, he's now playing for like his fifth team. I was watching a game earlier. A guy's been playing college football since he's in his seventh season of college football, and he's played every year. I don't know how. I don't Red know. shirt? I don't know. He's played for three different teams, and like, I don't know. It's Yeah, that is crazy. He's what? He's 25. Yeah, he was 25. He was a receiver for NC State playing against uh, dude, 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 Notre Dame. I was like, how is he still able to play? That's I thought he crazy. got four to five, five years, four to actually play. Right. And this dude's been playing seven. It's nuts. It's like a dream. I had a recurring dream where for some reason I was playing for my old high school team and they'd stuck me in and I was like my age. <laughs> It's like I'm 45. They're going to catch me playing. It'll be fine. Just, you know. Go in. 
one of the craziest dreams. I know where it stems from. My senior year, I lost a bunch of weight and I didn't have a good season. So I always felt like I lost that season. You know what I mean? Um, I'd say throw you in there, uh, left guard, maybe right guard, maybe even tackle, nose tackle, defensive tackle. Mm-hmm. That's not a bad idea either. Right. I'd say you'd probably do all right against your run-of-the-mill West Virginia high school teams right now. Well, I mean, maybe not a full game. No, <laughs> you'll feel like you're in a car wreck. A few downs. It felt bad enough. It did. Whenever I was 15 through 18 years, and your old. body could recover. Yeah, and I was like, holy shit! I just remember bruises all up and down my arms because I would fucking smack people in the head. I was I was a dirty fucking player. Well, I mean. <laughs> Okay. Uh, you were the dirtiest, dirtiest player in the game. Yeah, I wasn't. I mean, you're going to know you were in a fight if you're fucking lining up against me. I was putting my fucking fin- hands underneath your fucking helmet. Oh, God, I hated getting that all up in your fucking eyes. I didn't give a fuck. Fuck you. Do something about it. Do something about it. Well, I mean, my motto was, ref didn't see it, I didn't do it. Exactly. I mean, never got hold. I never held anybody. I actually never held anybody because that right. was embarrassing because they'd fucking call your fucking number out. So right. I was like, I'm not getting called for that. I will get called for fucking unnecessary roughness, though give a fuck about that (laughs) no but college football has now become with the portal thing and the paying the players okay and keep in mind i'm one of the people who was i'm a person who's for that i really am it's not fair that they generate generate all that revenue and all that stuff but at the same time it's a detriment to college football it really is i think it's become a pro farm league now i think you should still have to set out a year if you transfer Mm mm-hmm um, I think you should. You should never have to stay anywhere. Mm-hmm. But I think if you transfer, you should have to set out a year, and it doesn't count against you. You can still play right. the full four years. Yeah. So, if, like, if you go to Texas for two years and you're getting shit on, and you never get in the game, and like you know you're good enough, and you transfer somewhere else in in, Rice. in the same division or something like that, yeah, then you set out a year. And you play. Mm-hmm. If you transfer to one double A or whatever they're calling it now, you don't have to set out a year. No. You get down there and you play and you build yourself up and get re recruited and go back up to the to the show. Yeah. The big show, then you don't have to set out a year. I think that's a good idea. Yeah. And I don't mind them getting paid. I think they should get paid. Especially oh, yeah. the the how much money would uh the three headed monster in the backfield of two thousand seven have got? Oh god. Slayton fucking uh uh Pat White and Owen Schmidt. How much would they have got? <sighs> They'd have been in every commercial. They would have. How much would Major have gotten? What, He'd have been in every who, commercial. Wasn't a WVU player on the cover of one of the Madden games or the NCAA football games? Wasn't think, Pat White? I think Pat White was on one of them. It was a year or two after he had graduated, but he was the best player in the game whenever he was yes, on Yes, he game. was. WV we was one of the, the best one, players. They, we were the most fun to use. Well, it was, it, it was, I remember arguing with people. Like, I'm going to use WVU. No, you can't it's use that. It's a them. cheat code. Yeah, exactly. They got a 98% success rate. You know, it's like. It's a cheat code to, to have those three in the back. Right. And um, have that ridiculous offensive line. Oh, God. Of guys that were under 260 pounds shoving people around. <laughs> they weighed 400. A bunch of fucking bobcats. Like the stick skid steers. Yeah. Like the small but powerful. Right. You know what I mean? I loved them. I dude. say small. Dan Moses like, was one of the fucking. Oh God, man! Are we really? Our uh, center now is a preseason All American. Oh, really? Yeah, awesome. Good for him. I forget his name, but he, it seems like he's been there for seven years. I swear to God, all these centers look exactly the same. Well, I mean, they have to be built fairly low to the ground. They have to be, and center is you know this. The center is the thinking lineman. 
yeah, you got to call everything out. You know, exactly. That's why you always see the center pointing this out, pointing that out, because right. the rest of the linemen are absolute idiots. No. <laughs> it's just that the center has a better point of view. I remember every time we had to, we went in the shotgun whenever I was in high school, I had to snap. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're the only one that could snap shotgun. I was shotgun. the only one that could snap shotgun. Touchdown, WVU. All okay. right. Hey, we're on the board, we're, baby. We're Neil Brown's caught, great. We're caught up to, to Duquesne. <laughs> Neil Brown's great. What a great. What a great. Was that a touchdown pass? Yes. That was his first of the season. We should just be running over them. We should we should have gone into this game determining that we are not going to fucking pass. It's a statement game. Yeah, he has to be. We have to beat them by thirty five points. Absolutely, for everybody to chill out on Neil Brown. Did you happen to see any of the shit that Pat Pat McAfee carries a big stick around here? Okay, yeah, he does. Pat McAfee has made himself. He he's been a goofball. I fucking his love entire him. life. I love him, and he. Just started doing a podcast. Mm-hmm. He it, he started by going on Bob Bob and Tom, yeah, because he played in Indianapolis and they were based in Indianapolis. Right. Started him going on Bob and Tom, being a silly guy. Um, tried to do stand up, being that, a rascal. Tried to do stand up, but that didn't work. Mm-hmm. But he has a certain fucking thing. He's funny. Um, he's still athletic. He does fucking wrestling. He does WWE. Yeah. He's a commentator on one of the WWE shows. Oh, is he? He's awesome. the busiest man in the world. He's probably got millions and millions of dollars. In the Gives bank. away money like you wouldn't believe. Awesome, good for him. He fucking good on him. Like he's got his crew. Like AJ Hawk is on his show. And like, AJ Hawk, yeah, and they from were, from Ohio State. Yeah, and they they were throwing, they were uh, shooting baskets. Like it's like a eighty foot shot, and if he makes it, he picks somebody out of the crowd. Okay, what's your name? What's your major? Blah blah blah. Okay, and what year are you? And they're like sophomore. All right, if he makes this shot, I'm going to pay for your college the rest of your college career. Holy shit, and dude! Good he, for him. He almost made every one of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, but Pat McAfee had um, had uh, Chris Rod Herb Street on his show this week, and they were talking about WVU. He's like, you know, WVU. He's like, it shouldn't seem like a a uh, an FCS team going in to play Penn State. It should be a big deal when WVU goes to play Penn State. Herb Street said that? No. McAfee said McAfee that. McAfee said that. What does Herb Street have to say about that? He said WVU as as traditionally great football team, blah, blah, blah. It's just they're Neil, Neil Brown just doesn't have it right now. And he's like, Neil Brown has to go. If he loses to Duquesne, we need to go down there and rip the visor off of his head <laughs> and send him on his way. Yeah, that's, that's – And he yeah. was like, well, he's not going to lose to Duquesne. Then they went over the schedule. He's like, I see five wins here for you guys. He said, Pitt's definitely not going to be a win. And I was like, oh, God. You need to go, Kirk. You need to pack your shit up and get the fuck out of here before, I like Kirk. before you get fucked up. I like up. Herb Street. Fucking – Herb Street Blues. Underachiever fucking quarterback at Ohio State. He actually wasn't that bad. Um, but – no, but I mean, okay. but, but if Pat McAfee saying it on his gigantic show that the world watches, and it's getting back to the people that have the money, mm-hmm. who's going to be the coach though? Like, are we going to bring? Are we going to do that? Are we going to bring Rich Rod back? Are we going to hold the rope? Are we going to spot the ball? You know what that would be? That would be one of the greatest fucking comebacks. Are you kidding me? In, in history, It'd be the best. I I could see a thirty for thirty about that, like WVU and Rich Rod. There's already books about it. Are there? Yeah, Mike Kazasa, I think that's how you, he's a sports writer mm. for one of the Charleston papers. He wrote a book about the whole situation. I haven't read it. But from listening to the McAfee interview with Rod, Rod was getting run out of town. Why? I don't know. Because he wanted to improve things and pass along didn't want to. He wanted to have state-of-the-art shit. He wanted to do this. He wanted, he wanted 
Do they want to shift away from the football team or what? That just make, doesn't make any sense. You're making all It pays this- for everything. Exactly. I mean, you've got an underwater fucking basket weaving team. Nobody's going to watch that. The football team is paying for that. Then the basketball team, but football brings in a lot more big giant stadiums. Yes. You know, football is way bigger in West Virginia than basketball ever. Yeah. Been. Now we love, we love, we, we love it. We loved Huggins. He's no, it's crazy to think that around here, as much oh, as he's going to get him. Oh, hey, leave that guy open. As much as we love football, this area, especially, you know, this area is a big basketball area. Mm-hmm. Did you ever, have you ever heard about how good Golly Bridge used to be? Undefeated in like 1957. Beat Jerry West. Yeah. You know who's coaching that team? Your grandfather. My grandfather. You told this story the very last episode. Have, did I? Yeah. See, I didn't know. It's it's hard to know when we've been You've back. got dementia. It's possible. This is a great big, ba- great basketball Feline. <laughs> <laughs> you knew that, right? <laughs> no, but. Um, oh, I'll get it. No, almost with the interception. No, West Virginia, you know, Golly Bridge is that area. And, and then just thinking about, you know, Jerry West taking West Virginia to the national championship game and losing, you know, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, man. It's just college sports in general. I have lost my love for college football. I mean, I, I really have. It's it, starts part, with, it starts with the conferences. Well, it's well, it does, but it starts with WVU. I, I'm, mm-hmm. If I can be excited for WVU, then the rest of it falls into place. I'm not excited for WVU right now, and I haven't been for a few years. So at least we're stopping Duquesne. Um, I don't. And 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 another thing. Okay, the paying the players, I'm for. But like I said, that's shifting college football into something that I don't think I'm going to like. And the and the best harbinger of that, as I've said, is Deion Sanders. His brand of football and his personality are now going to suit college football. It's turned from a thing of being tr- tradition, loyalty, all those things, to being flash, to being all that stuff. That's what it is now. So I don't think I like that. It's nothing against the guy personally, you know. And it's not. It's not. It's not. It's not like it's his fault. You know what I mean? I want. He's successful. Good for him. You know. Yeah, he is what he. He's, is. He won today. They beat Nebraska, and um, he before he left Jackson State, he had. Really improved the, you know, done a bunch of stuff for the school. That's awesome. Good for him. You know, I really like that. And he, and also I've seen interviews with a guy. He's impossible not to like. You know, we could have got him. I'd heard that. Were we really in the running? Well, we had to fire Neil Brown, but we could have got him. They should have done it. We have a better football tradition than Colorado does. Yeah, absolutely. Are you kidding? But they have a national championship. They do have that. Yeah. So they have a better tradition. It was a split national no, championship. No, they don't have near as many wins as we have. It was a split national championship, I think. I think that was No, 90. I think they won it outright that year. Really? Yeah. Mm. I think it was 96. I want to say it's 91. 90, you might be right, 91. Let's see. Uh, look at old Neil Brown, fucking Mr. Bean-ass bitch. <laughs> Goddamn. <laughs> I mean... What you call him, bean ass, Mister Bean ass bitch? This motherfucker. Oh, they're gonna call that targeting. Go fuck yourself. We gotta get rid of these stupid rules. Colorado won one. Act. It was nineteen ninety. I was a year off. Okay. Well, uh, it was for the ninety season, and the game was probably played in ninety one. It was played New Year's 91. Day, probably Orange Bowl. So I don't do too bad. Yeah. Um. I think it, it just doesn't feel like college football anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you, do you get that feeling? Yeah. The only – I want to watch more this year. Mm-hmm. 
Um, or is that just us being older and not being able to no, get into it? No. Okay. We don't play teams that we should play anymore. Right. We sh- our team our it should be stacked with the schedule should be stacked with people that we could drive to see. It should essentially be an ACC schedule. Yeah, ACC, Big East, whatever we used to do in the eighties. Some we Big do Ten now. teams. Yeah, we should be playing Penn State, Ohio, Ohio State. State. We should be playing Ohio every other year or whatever. Do we a home could, and home with them. We could potentially play Cincinnati Michigan as well. Yeah, somewhere yeah. some shit like that every now and then. Mm-hmm. But Ohio every year, Ohio State every year. Excuse me. Um, that could be a good pit r- every year. That could be a good rivalry. Penn State every year. Yes, absolutely. Virginia Tech every year. Virginia every. I'm liking year. it. Keep going. East Carolina. I can only every get so hard. Year. Those are the teams we should play in every year. And you leave three open, so you can. Do the Michigan every now and then. Do a home and home with Michigan. Do a home and home with fucking Miami. Do a home and home with Florida. USC, State. you know, or somebody. Fuck it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mountaineers awesome. go west. The fucking Clampets. <laughs> That's what they'd say when we got there. Um, That's exactly. Yeah, great. Who cares? Yeah, and then we, we get, go out west. Then we get off the bus and pound them. Yeah, that would be the greatest thing. That'd ever. That'd be great. To I, I fucking despise USC fans. Uh, did he get it? Interception. Oh, 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 we're back, baby. We're beating Duquesne. No, we're tied still. Okay. But we got an interception. <laughs> All right. First uh, turnover of the season. Th- this uh, this line of uh, of talk is not producing a lot of fruit. So let's go. <laughs> but you know what I mean? The schedule should be uh, have a Duquesne on the schedule every now and then. Somebody to stomp on. Well, you need your powder puff game. Yeah. I mean, your tune-up game. But you don't want it to be a Appy State, Michigan sitch. Which is the reason Rich Rod never caught on. Well, Rich Rod wasn't the coach then. I don't think. Yes, he was. I think he was. That was the first. That was the first game he. Are we sure about that? The first game he coached was Appy State. He got beat by Appy State. I'm going to look that up. It would be funny if the Mountaineers look. He's wearing a minor hat. That's yeah, that's awesome. the that's the turnover uh, thing. Oh, Everybody, that's awesome! I like that. If you get a turnover, you get a mount uh, minor hat. See, fucking Holgerson and Neil, Neil Brown have instituted some cool. Tradition things, you know, but uh, yeah, maybe gain about four yards. Um, I don't know, man. It's just, we, it feels like we don't have the 2007. Fire. He was our coach in 2007. So it was the, that's why the guy got fired. Lloyd Carr or whoever it was got fired was because they lost to Appy State. Is that what happened? The season. Yeah. But the pit thing was at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. So the 2007 Appy State. Michigan game was whoever coached before Rod, and Rod came and coached after. That is still legendary, the Appalachian State-Michigan game. Yes, it is. It's the greatest up- upset in uh, in college football history. It's one of them because I, I think they it's were the ranked. One, isn't it? They were ranked highly at the time, I believe. It was September 1st, 2007. Three and out. Rich Rodriguez and the Michigan Wolverine, the crucible of college football. Good Lord, what a face mask. Holy shit, dude. That's a 25-yarder. Throw Garrett Green's helmet off. Um, and As to thinking of who could coach the Mountaineers after Neil Brown inevitably gets fired in two seasons because they're not going to fire him early because it costs too much money to do so. I want some of them big boosters step up. I think we got some rich people that used to go to school here. Absolutely. We've got a bunch of scumbags. I mean, like, ridiculously rich people. Well, we've got a bunch of scumbags. I love it. You know, yeah. Yeah. Get rid of this motherfucker. Yeah. Pay him out. Yeah. And then... Send him back down to Troy, and he can go fucking coach the AA team. Would Rich Rod be your top choice? 
Yes. I want him back, man. I miss him so Dude, much. Dude, it would be a ama- I miss it would be like magic being cast again on WVU. You know what I mean? It'd be like all of a sudden we'd be like, oh, oh <laughs> <laughs> like, I miss I miss fucking hard nosed fucking football. I miss that spread offense that is somehow still a power football team. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> he had to adjust. We're gonna it. spread it out and then run it run it run it right up the middle. Yeah. You know? um, I miss a nice read option. <laughs> Yeah. You know, just a nice read option. Or the read option, then you just hand it to Owen Schmidt, and he bowls yeah. ahead for five. He's we, a guaranteed five. We basically ran, ran a power eye formation. From like, the pro set. Like a, we basically ran a, a wishbone from the shotgun. We did. Oh, oh, there we go. There it is. Okay. All right. We're doing football stuff. But now, I don't boys. know if I We want, used a tight end just now. I don't know if I want them to win this game. Because Clement is a great fucking receiver, though, by the way. That kid is fucking something else. I think he transferred from somewhere. Did he? Yeah. I thought he was the tight end, but he's not. This quarterback ain't bad either. No, Gary Green's a gamer. He plays ball. He's um he's clocked down to eight. He's kind of small. He but, is, but that's okay. Oh, a little bit off tackle. Nothing happening. CJ Donaldson. Cut it back up. He's not that big. He's pretty big, dude. He's 240. Is he? <laughs> For a running back. I yeah. I can't see. He's pretty big. Watch his catch. Shoop. Ooh, right in the That's a good pass. Dude. That was a good throw. Okay, let's uh All right, some more some more things. Um <laughs> who would you I mean if Rich Rod if we say, couldn't get Rich Rod? We can get Rich Rod, but let's say we don't get Rich Rod. What other choices? Maybe we could lure uh Nick Saban up here for <laughs> one season. <laughs> for one so. season. No, it's not what happened. When he when he retires. Maybe. I doubt it. That's been, I'm, that's I'm been gonna, the hope for 15 I'm, I'm years. Gonna, well, I'm going to send a letter to him as a sick eight-year-old child. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dear Coach Saban. Just take a picture of me I'm, with a bandana on, <laughs> with the beard and everything. I'm eight years old. I have a, a beard disease. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've got a weird type of cancer that makes my facial hair grow. <laughs> no, can you... <laughs> No, can you come to WVU and get us one national championship? Because he's a Fairmont boy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he didn't play here, but he did um, graduate assistant here under Coach Dandy Don. You know that WVU is responsible for some of the greatest. You know who's responsible for Michigan being who they were? A WVU coach. Or a coach who's from West Virginia. Yeah. His name was... Um, Something Schoenbaum. No, it's... Uh, <sighs> Fielding Yost. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fielding Yost is from uh, Grand – what is that? Grandview. He's from Grandview. Grandview. And he uh, and he coached at, I think, a small West Virginia school, and then he coached at Ohio, and then he went to Michigan, and they were like – he had them to be fucking unstoppable. Mm-hmm. You you were, you were right about – that's one of the players who played for Oosterbaum. It's Benny Oosterbaum yeah. who played for him. And then they had the Benny, Benny, the connection, Benny Friedman and Benny Oosterbaum. Two Jewish kids <laughs> killing it in college football. It was a different age. It know? really was. <laughs> there was probably a great Did he Jew- catch it. Did he catch it? There was probably a great Jewish boxer there too. Um, um, I've heard Juwan Sider could po- is a possibility. He's a who's that? He's a former Mountaineer player. And who the fuck's he coach for now? He's coaching for somebody right now. I think he played under either Rod or Juwan Sider. Coaches for Penn State right now. He's American football coach and former player. He's head coach at Penn State? No. Um we need an offensive coordinator. He's forty six years old, so he would have played he would have played under Nealon or and Rod. Yeah. Oh, look he, at this. First down. Drafted in two thousand by San Diego Chargers. 
Uh, he, I think he's a running backs coach for Penn State. He's something. The Nittany Lions, one of the most odd fucking mascots. I've heard his name be being be thrown in the mix. Around. Yeah. Um, of course. Is Richron actually got, in the running? There is no running right now. Okay. But if things are going on behind the scene, Rich Rod's at Jackson State whooping ass. Is he? Yeah. Like being undefeated and shit. Just doing Rich Rod shit. You, nice. know, you know how Rich Rod do. <laughs> Rich Rod, uh, Rich Rich Rod, Rod do what he do. When Rich Rod got to Arizona, they were trash. He, what he got he, him some eight and four there? seasons. Why did he quit He there? probably had some sort of a scandal where he was cheating on his wife. That's what you want out of fucking football coaches. They're wild people. <laughs> Do you understand that? Holgerson wild was people. lining up the fucking whiskey shots and snorting fucking rails off his arm. I liked Holgerson. I did. I liked but him too. We quit anytime we were behind by two touchdowns. We yeah, gave up. We did. So I don't like that. I thought he was building a pretty good tradition. Yeah, I thought he was big he wins. Had um, some big wins. Yeah, I was at the Oklahoma State game when he was coaching. I mean, that was a big win. Um, what's the craziest game you ever been to? I've got I've got two in my mind right now. They're both in the same season. One of them was great. One of them was bad. Are you talking any WVU any game? at any level? Or, I was thinking WVU, WVU game. Um, well, I would. I'd have to just. I was a little eleven year old kid who wasn't quite into things that like that yet. I liked football. Hadn't started playing yet, so I hadn't. Uh, so I, I'll just have to say the eighty eight season mm-hmm. in general. You know, going to every game and watching them blow somebody out. I got three in my mind. Actually, okay, I think about two thousand one season, Rich Rod's first year. Yeah, the eighty to seven game against uh, Rutgers, where we just stomped them. We had three defensive touchdowns in that game. Johnny Holmes ran. Wait back a second, Rich Rod's first year, we beat Rutgers eighty to seven. Yeah, I need to look up the fucking highlights of that motherfucker. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> uh, I think it was his first. It might have been his second year, but I think it was two thousand one. Rutger, <clears throat> and then. Went to every game that year. Yeah. Um, there was that one. Same year, Virginia Tech and Michael Vick come to town. And I get to see Michael Vick in person. My God. Stomps the shit out of you. Oh, they whooped us. And you could nobody could catch him. Right. It was amazing. We weren't expecting to win. We just wanted to. It was There was like maybe 15,000 people in the stadium. I'm exaggerating. Really? There wasn't that many people there. That sucks. It, it fell at a weird time. Mm-hmm. Also later that year we uh, when we played Pitt, me and all my buddies stayed because we this was when we played Pitt when we should play Pitt the day after Thanksgiving. Right. So we all stayed in Morgantown and went to the Pitt game, did the whole thing, fucking tailgated at eight o'clock in the morning, pre-gaming and everything. Did the whole thing, got hammered. There you go. Go to the game and we're the only people in the student section. It was awesome. <laughs> we probably got on TV. Um, Who won that game? They beat us. But another game I was at was two years later, I believe. Rashid Marshall was the quarterback at the time. When Virginia Tech came to down on Thursday night, when we started our tradition of awesome Thursday night games. Yeah. That built the brand. Yeah, yeah I know that sounds douchey. No, it does But the Thursday night games built the brand. It builds the brand. And that's true. Yeah. We were on four or five Thursday night games every season. With these insane matchups and these insane dudes fucking running all over the field. But this was when I think they were ranked number seven at the time Virginia Tech comes to town. And we're okay. I think we're undefeated on the season at the time. Mm-hmm. Or maybe three and one or some bullshit. And Virginia Tech comes to town. They're highly ranked. They're expecting to whoop our asses. I think Marcus Vick is their quarterback. We could catch him. Yeah. And we beat 
the dog shit out of them. <laughs> and um, Rashid Marshall had the game of his life. Yeah. Every, everybody had the game of their life that night. Mm-hmm. And I had uh, my buddy Hakeem was on the team and he got me tickets, me and my ex-wife. And we're up there with the families of the players, high-fiving everybody, fucking chest-bumping everybody. <laughs> and uh, our fans stormed the field afterwards, and that is the pepper spray game. Ah. Yeah. yeah. Whenever they filled the entire stadium with pepper spray. It nice. Was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. That's when we got collapsible goalposts. Oh, sweet. Remember we used to tear the goalposts down? Yeah, them down I, right I remember. That's the, that's the one of the, the the craziest games I ever witnessed, but wasn't at was when we beat my, we beat Miami in what ninety? What year we beat Miami? Ninety three, definitely. And tore and they tore the goalpost down because Miami. It's also the I think the year where the uh, state police had to escort Miami out of the stadium. Ooh, ooh. Full game, nineteen eighty four, number nineteen, Penn State. At number eighteen, West Virginia. Oh, we were ranked when we beat them. That's is that the pounding? I think so. That's when we tore. No, the eighty four. No, that's eighty four. That's when we beat them, but we didn't pound them. The full game is on here, though. Oh yeah, fucking is that YouTube? Yeah, I'm yeah watch dude. that later. I love it. I, 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 you know, that's what I might start doing is try to get my love for college football back and start just just watching old wa- games. watching old games on the big TV. You know, I know my buddy. He, uh, I don't, uh, Aaron Maloney. He always had old highlights going in his uh, restaurant of Mountaineer games. Yeah. All the time. Fucking the 88 highlight tape was always going or the 2007. All the time. Nothing unless there was a game on. Mm-hmm. And then we'd watch the, have the game on. But at all times, there was, I think, at least one TV playing old highlights. It's awesome. It's what everybody wants to see. And the Mountaineers are up 14 to 7. Let's go. Let's do it. Uh, what else? You remember the feeling... When you're pissed drunk, the game hasn't started, and the pride of West Virginia takes the field. Fuck yes. They start doing simple gifts. Yes. Fucking awesome. See, I haven't had that feeling. Any, I haven't gone to a game in 10 years. Any place for Eastern Michigan. And see, uh, she plays center, uh, guard. <laughs> oh, plays for the band. Right. <laughs> she plays the bass, bass drum. Because oh. she loves playing it. I, had, I asked her about playing the quad. So she slappas the bass? She slappas the bass. Um, but... I've tried to get her to talk to her about, and I'm going to try to find some film of the pride of West Virginia and show her. I mean, it's all over the place. You want her to transfer and be a part of the pride? I don't want my daughter anywhere near Morgantown. (laughs) 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 I would just like her to be impressed with the pride. Hey, look at this. Yeah. This is what, when they were, when we were coming, when they were coming down the tunnel, not to uh, strike fear in your heart, but every college town is the same. Um, There's levels. Y- yeah, I, I don't think it's comparable. Maybe not. I don't think that. <laughs> I don't think rules, Eastern dude. Michigan is comparable to Morgantown. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> I mean, let's let's back. Let's not lose our heads and, seen and, some and, shit, and back it up a I've, little bit. I've seen know. some shit. Yeah, at uh, Morgantown that is just absolutely bonkers. Like uh, Law School Hill behind the stadium. The we we when I went to football camp there we ran up that mm-hmm. but we got really hammered one night and went over there to it in the middle of a snowstorm and we had like road signs and trash can lids and we sleigh rode down it nice and it wasn't until we were done we found out that it was illegal and because somebody had d- done that and took off rolling and uh got paralyzed 
So we were like, oh, let's not do that again. But that was totally fucking awesome. It was so dope. <laughs> That's back when I wasn't scared of things. Right. <laughs> fucking Slayer. That hill is like that. Nice. And it is 300 feet. It, it's high. I'm yeah. exaggerating probably. But it, it seemed like it took 20 seconds to get all the way down. And I was going at like breakneck speeds. Right. I guess that's why they call it breakneck speeds. But um, uh, the signs that uh, on move-in day that the uh, all the houses put on, like um, the like girls' houses would have uh, all the hot dads stop here and like <laughs> tell your daughters we said hi on the dude's houses. <laughs> We're going to date rape. It says things like that. Joking. They don't, <laughs> oh, God. They don't go that far. Oh, yeah. I hope not. Um, had good times. I remember there was a a race riot at, in front of my house on College Avenue. What? Like, some black dudes were fighting some white dudes just in the street on my house, at in front of my house on College Avenue. I was in my underwear. And I take my guitar out and start singing Give Peace a Chance. <laughs> 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 that is very on brand for you, sir. Um, yeah, it was fun. I had a good time. <laughs> we we had some good times. We had some good times. I mean, I've been Spent up two years on College Avenue. I've been up there, and you know, I I go up there. You know, I'll probably go up there in a couple two weeks or so, and you know, you want to go catch a game? Are you we, interested in going to see a Mountaineer? Sure, game? we could do that. I think we play Pitt next next weekend. Actually, I'm I can't go because I have a disc golf tournament and that takes precedent over everything. Else. Sure, of course. Hopefully, it's a night game. I do want to watch us play Pitt. I think I'm going to go home tonight, and um, you don't have any uh, Delta Eight or anything, do you? I do not. Fuck. I've got those gummies, but they're so strong, and don't eat a whole one. Well, no, but they're so strong that deciding the oh, you're, yeah, you're if you eat one, you're that's your night, that, you're done. Well, I mean, it's like if I eat too much, it's going to be a bad time. Even though they're indica and everything, um, indica is more the downer, right? I'm hearing really good things about our medical marijuana. John had these pills. These uh, They're half CB, half THC. That's a good balance. Dude, I, I, I take a half of one, just bite it in half, and it tastes like a, a plaque candy for some reason. It's weird. Remember plaque candy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it showed plaque on your teeth. Um, I ate half of it and then took an Ativan on top of it Jesus and crate them on top of that. Jesus Dude, you talk so about good fucking times. No stimulation. No, there's no stimulation. Fucking laying there in a pool of my own drool. You like the fucking with fucking horror movies on. Just, it is almost that time. It is that time, dude. We we need to talk about that. Okay, horror movies. You, you want to button up the football conversation? Let's button it up. Um, bring back tradition. Bring back. Um, bring back regional rivalries. Bring back. We don't even need to have conferences. They didn't have conferences really in the eighties. Um, I don't think we were in a conference. They did. Well, we were in the Big East. I don't think the Big East existed in the eighties. I think it did. I just think we just played regional teams. Right. We just played the teams that we should play. Yeah. Um, and bring back Richrod. Spot the ball. Absolutely. Hold the rope. There you go. When you get in a corner, you bow up. I was there whenever he he was not announced, but like the pep rally before the first game. Yeah. And he just got me so fucking jacked up. I wanted to walk on. That's the reason that Rich Rod is a great coach. You cannot. It's like, okay. My my mom said this. So I know. If if it's able to make this impression on my mom, who doesn't know much about these things, then I know how good it was. Papal, when he coached in Golly, never lost. 
and it, and it was because they had golly had tremendous athletes. Don't get me wrong, they really did. They had athletes good enough to beat Somersville. They had athletes good enough to beat Charleston Catholic. They had you know I'm saying they had a a double A school packed with talent that would beat triple A schools. But the thing that set them apart was he was such a motivator. They said he the, the kids would would die for him. Because he'd get him so fired up, you know. What that I mean? was what my dad was like as a coach, but he didn't coach football. If he'd coach football, we'd have probably got some shit done. Yeah, I mean, you have to have that guy, and um, you have to have that guy in everything. Right. There's got to be a guy at work that's like that. <laughs> There's not. Like sitting in the break room, we're getting pipe and we're putting it on the fucking shelves. <laughs> Dutch Underwood, I'm looking at you. <laughs> I mean, if you want to talk about that, I've you're been, our number one guy. I've been training a guy at the last. I've really only trained him this week, and he's ready to nice. take over my job. And I'm like, fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. Like, the one guy that stuck with it that I get to train, everybody's quit within a week of me starting to train them to do my job. Is it that bad? Is that hard of a job? It sucks. Yeah. It's not the best. But it's hard. But it's it's hard like going to the gym is hard. You know? It's... It's... um. A grind. Getting, it there, is, getting there is the worst it's, part. It's it's a smash mouth job. It's it's just like playing fucking WVU. In is it that physical? Yeah, it can be physical. Nice. I like that. The way I do it is physical. I told him, you don't have to do shit the way I do. I pick shit up and I fucking, if it's only one stick of pipe or whatever, I'll just mm-hmm. pick it up and walk it over to where it needs to go. But like, you don't have to do all this, but I'm just showing you what I do and all that. But I got him pretty much almost damn ready to go after after basically a week of training him. Uh, he'd spend a little bit of time with me. I think I might be the guy, the uh, the uh, the guy that we're talking about, the fucking motivator, the guy. fire up guy. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Well, it's awesome. We don't fucking pay me for it, so I'm not going to do it. Well, you know. <clears throat> no, it's they were they uh, do you do need that guy in almost everything. Though. They used to talk about how I always say if I could get a chance to get in a time machine and go back. The odd places I would go. I wouldn't go to some... For one thing, going to ancient history sucks. Like, I'd go back and see Rome. Why? It sucked. It was terrible. The fucking water had lead in it. One out of every three person is a fucking slave. You know, if you look like us, we're Thracians and we're dogs just by, you know... The Romans did not like Celts and the Thracians, you know, that's what I'm... You're dealing with that kind of shit, you know what I mean? So, I would go to... The Town Center Mall in 1980, when did it open? 87, I think. I think it opened in 83. 83. I would go to the Town Center Mall in 1985. Mm-hmm. Once it's been established. Yes. This is a thing that's going to be here for 22 years and then fall to shit. On a Christmas weekend, I would go there and not bitch about getting parking or anything. Well, I'm in a time machine. What am I worried about parking for? Yeah, I'll just what show up. I'm park the DeLorean. Fuck that. You it's and my Rufus fantasy. Will, you and Rufus will show up and it'll be dope. Yeah. In your uh, phone booth. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be awesome. <laughs> I didn't realize it was a Bill and Ted there for a second. Yeah. Remember how good the new Bill and Ted was? Yes. It was a lot of fun. I loved it. Yeah. Went on a little too long. Yeah, well. But they like to do that now. But that's okay. Let's make movies long now. I know, but that's okay. Yeah. Like it was, it's one of those that even when it was going too long, you're just like, it's still Bill and Ted and Keanu Reeves still agreed to do this. He's John Wick. He didn't have to do anything. No. So, um, and you got to love him for that. So I would go there or I would go to the 1957 Midland uh, East Bank versus Gully Bridge game, which, by the way, was the biggest game in the state that night. 
probably in this in you know that this I'm talking the tri-state area, probably. Ohio, West Virginia, and Kentucky. Sure, Golly Bridge was undefeated. East Bank had the phenom, mm-hmm. you know. So the even back then, exactly. Even back then, he was known going to be, you know. And I think my dad might have been at that game. Did I show you the picture? I think yeah, you did. It's jump ball. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that kid from Golly standing there like smirking, like the, the confidence in the picture, and then Jerry West is over here like nervous. That's one of the greatest. What did that kid from Golly end up doing? Because Jerry West did some things. Well, I understand. <laughs> okay, I understand. But you should know that a lot of Golly kids did go on to mm-hmm. play major colleges and go and do things. There's a guy named Bobby Ayersman who played at Penn State. And, I'm just um, wondering, is he the logo for anything? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, we're not basketball people. But I have a, I had a friend in North Carolina who was a basketball guy. I used to tell him this kind of stuff, and he'd hang on like mm-hmm. he'd be like, "What?" Like I was like, "Yeah." I was like, "The logo is here." I was like, "The logo was down the road in Chilean." Mm-hmm. He's like, "Really?" I was like, "Yeah." I was like, "And guess what? My grandfather's team beat him in 1957." Mm-hmm. He's like, "Get the fuck out of here!" I was like, "No," and they were undefeated. You know, you're so. like, "You get the fuck out of here." <laughs> yeah. He loved it. He's he he was a really cool guy. I kind of wish I liked basketball more. I like watching the Mountaineers, and I like watching I the big don't games. Like it at all, really? But it's a fun game to watch. It is. I mean, I used to love it in the eighties. It's almost like artistic. In the eighties, it wasn't artistic. It was more like football back then. Oh <laughs> God, beat the fuck out of each other, and I loved it. Watching Larry Bird play was something else. There's a show you might like if you enjoy Larry Bird. Game it's time, winning time. Yeah, I need to. There's the guy that plays him looks just like. <laughs> is he a big dickhead like Larry Bird? Too? Yeah. <laughs> The apparently, dick, Larry Bird the is the greatest from French Lick. He's the greatest trash talker of all time. Yeah, apparently, and one of the and, and maybe one of the greatest players. Somebody, not maybe. I mean, he is. I remember like somebody was trash talking him, and uh, it was Isaiah Thomas said he couldn't go to his left or whatever, so he went and scored forty points left hand. <laughs> well, so Isaiah Thomas, one of them was saying, uh, he's like, I think he's okay, but if he was black, he'd be just another player. <laughs> and everybody was like, fuck up. Even other people were like, what? Are you out of your fucking mind? I would. You know? I, would I, I can't because I don't watch now. I mean, I know there's LeBron and there's some guys, mm-hmm. but Larry Bird has to be like top ten all time easily. It's, you couldn't beat him. No, he just ran out of time. See, I think that what's that based on is he didn't play pretty. No, it was ugly. But results, results, results. You know, it's you can't argue with results. Yeah, everything was. Awkward looking, like a two-handed set shot. Yeah. <laughs> His jump shot was the funniest thing is Nick Kroll, the, the young Larry oh, Bird yeah. Chronicles. One of the funniest fucking things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> you're, you're, I mean, if it's results. Shoot, shooting for show-offs. <laughs> you know, it's uh, the granny, the underhanded free throw is supposed to be more accurate. It is. It's way more But accurate. nobody will do it. Because they don't want to look dumb. They don't want to look dumb. It's like the guy on uh, Moneyball who pitches... You yeah. know, that weird looking pitch. Yeah, the submariner. Yeah. Yeah. I used to do that. Yeah, really? Yeah. I, I, I threw overhand. And I threw three quarter sidearm. And I really, when I really wanted to fuck people up, because I could throw it directly at them and it would look like it was going to hit them. And then it would spin off. And it would spin in to the strike zone. Baseball mystifies me about how it is a miracle of a game that I do not like. Like, I like the history. Like, the history is the best. It is. Like, the, have you seen the Ken Burns baseball documentary? I should watch it. It's fucking tremendous because what he does is he parallels um, regular baseball and then the Negro Leagues. Mm-hmm. And then Jackie Robinson is a whole chapter to himself. Then they're talking about that and, you know, the debate over who's best and stuff like that. Um, and Buck Owens was talking about, you know, the debate. Buck Owens, like, 
Never walk the streets of Bakersfield. No, Buck Owens was a manager and a player. Oh, Bucky he, Dent. You mean Bucky Dent? No, I think it was his name was Buck Owens. You might be right. There has to be a guy named Buck Owens in baseball. It's such a baseball name. Well, I mean, he played in the Negro. Whitey Leagues. Willoughby. <laughs> That's after Chris Cracker. I remember when I was a kid. What a great day for white baseball. When I was a kid, I would watch uh, Home Run Derby from the 50s. They just played it all the time on yeah. ESPN Classic. I would just watch old home run derbies, and they would just have a ball field, and there was one pitcher, one batter, and crack. I mean, and they would, it would just show them for half an hour fucking crack, cranking homers. Dude, guys could hit. Um, but Hitting was, is the hardest thing to do in sports. Absolutely. It a is, ball coming that fast, having to be that accurate. A round ball and a round bat, it is so incredibly hard. And then I like that Buck Owens was talking about, um, you know, this is a nice baseball anecdote. After Bo Jackson had hit had hit going out and did batting practice for Kansas City and had hit the fucking crown with that fucking first pitch. Crack. You know, and then um Buck Owens was was there and he's like, I've heard that sound three times. Because he used a wooden bat. He said, Babe Ruth, Josh Gibson, and Bo Jackson. Mm-hmm. You know, three greatest hitters of all time, probably. Bo Jackson never got a chance. Now, if you ask me, the greatest hitter of all time is Tony Gwynn. He didn't hit shitloads of homers. He's most consistent. Most consistent. Uh, you got Willie Mays, obviously. I think he was Willie last, Mays Hayes. Yeah, Willie Mays. I think was the last guy to hit four hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, I might be completely wrong about that. Do you too. asterisk uh, Barry Bonds? No, because of the roids. No. Do you think it makes a difference? It makes a difference in bat speed, but everybody was on roids. King Griffey Jr. wasn't on the, roids. That's why King Griffey Jr. was hurt fucking all the time, or he'd be considered the greatest baseball to ever play. He's hurt because he couldn't recover. Yeah. That's why I was hurt. See, I think they should allow them to be on HGH. Yeah. I don't think that's cheating. No. Testosterone uh, or HGH, just something like that. TRT is fine. I'm on. And I think you should disclose it. I feel fucking great most of the time. I so. think you should disclose it, but Barry, like the people pitching to Barry Bonds were also on steroids. Yeah. Every one of them. Right. Everybody was on steroids then. It's just a steroid. Everybody was doing it. There shouldn't be an asterisk. Barry Bonds has the record for the most homers. Awesome. It was fun to fucking watch. It fucking revived baseball. Well, that's what we've said before. Steroids save baseball. I've heard 100 people say it, and it is nothing more accurate has been said. They would fucking break. They would be showing the Yankees against the Indians, and they would break in to the ESPN broadcast to show Mark McGuire or Sammy Sosa. Having gone 61 or, you know. Yeah. How many is it? 61? Then it was 61. Who got it? Uh, I think they both broke it that year. What did they end up batting? 63, I think. I think so. Yeah. And uh, then Barry Bonds broke it a couple years later. And obviously he was on HGH and steroids, and it was awesome. His forehead. It was so awesome to watch. Right. I don't understand why people have a fucking problem with it. I don't. But I'm saying saying that purists do. You know, they. Purists have a problem with the fucking pitch clock, and apparently it's made baseball much better to watch. Sure. I just think. well, every sport. Okay, let's let's discuss um, football, baseball, CrossFit. Mm-hmm. If you're not taking something, you're going to get injured. Mm-hmm. So baseball, especially, there's a, like throwing a baseball. Well, you, well, you play so not, many games. You play 162 games in the majors. Yeah, in little league, you play 30, 30 some. If you go to all stars, mm-hmm. you'll play 15 to 20 in the regular season. Then. 15 to 20 in all-stars if you're good and you make it all the way to states. Right. And if you go to the Little League World Series, or seen, they have a World Series for all the levels of Little League, mm-hmm. but only one of them gets televised. So, you know, 
even in the low levels, you're playing a lot of games. Yeah. I don't want kids to take steroids, but once you get up to the majors or even college ball, who are we hurting here? Right. It's only helping. And baseball is really bad for your shoulder and your arm. Throwing a baseball is very unnatural. But I do think they should make a a list of things that are yeah, give them approved substances. Right. Things that are going to help with your recovery as opposed to building yeah. mo- monster strength. Like, you know, the, the people in CrossFit are on everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's unreal. They shouldn't be penalizing people for doing weed because it helps with the pain. Sure. It, 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 it'll keep you off of opioids. Acid. Do you want opioids? Right. Um, acid fucking, uh, what's his name? Mushrooms. Uh, the pitcher for the Pirates in the 70s accidentally did a bunch of acid, went out and threw a no-hitter. They, and he was talking about how he was almost outside of his body. Mm-hmm. It was just like... He was... What was his name? Kurt Flood? I think so. I'm going to just type in acid no-hitter. There's a documentary I think about it, it. Well, yeah, I think it's Kurt Flood. I think it is Kurt Flood. Doc Ellis, I'm Doc sorry. Doc Ellis, okay. No, no, a documentary. I love this 30 for 30s, man. Those, uh, the best. Baseball documentaries are very fun to watch. There's a good one called The Battered Bastards of Baseball. It's about a traveling did Kurt show. Russell's dad ran. Yeah, yeah. And Kurt Russell played for him. Oh, did he? Yeah, it's just a traveling minor league team. He was pretty good, wasn't he? Just playing ball, yeah. It's sort of it's sort of like the Savannah Bananas, except for they incorporate W or WWE stuff yeah. in it. But it's just like a traveling sideshow, a bunch of weirdos. Baseball's weird. It is. Baseball, the people that play baseball for a long time – even me, I had, I had to wear the same socks, underwear, undershirt, for every game. I did. I understand. It was. It's so superstitious, right? Um, I would tap the corner of the plate. I would hit the front two corners, the back two corners, and then the the point in the back with the bat before every swing. Every time. Well, that just. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that's getting your brain and body ready mm-hmm. to it's do just, what you should do. It's a, it's it's just a, a ritual. Weird, it seems like it's OCD, but it's just like that's how I practiced. So right. that's, that's why I do it that way. I've always said before I was never good at uh, baseball and except one uh, fucking backyard pickup game where I was a younger than pretty much everybody. I was killing the ball, like just cracking it. You know, <laughs> It's weird, man. I was like all these guys who I was scared of, older than, and I just – Finally, the pressure was off because I played Little League. I was terrible. I was I was an awful baseball player, which is weird because when I was real little, I threw the ball so hard and so far that people were looking around like, who threw that? And they'd point to me and they'd be like, you? Like, yeah. I was like, that kid, have you seen this kid's arm? And then they'd have me throw it. You know, it's crazy. I remember that. Um, baseball was a... If I had a kid, I would want them playing ball. I want them playing baseball. I wouldn't want them playing football. I don't know. I, I don't, you, you know what? Maybe the brain injury is worth it. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know, know. It man. teaches you so much. It does. Football teaches you so much. And football, there's nothing like Friday Night Lights. There yeah. just isn't. I mean, why do you think I, – I, I was going to make it my mission to try to go to a game – I can't do it because I don't have a kid playing. It makes me feel weird. Me too. So, and you don't have an alma mater to go watch. I we go exactly watch NCAA. That's why I was trying to get you to want to go to a Summersville game. I thought maybe if we went together, you know, it would not be so bad. You know, um, 
going to Midland Trail game wouldn't be bad. No. Um, no anybody plays there, though. I have a cousin coaching at Richwood. He's an assistant coach. We got a weather delay in the ball game. There was a weather delay earlier today. Yeah. 1410. They came back and scored a fucking field goal. Well, let them have their field goals. <sighs> um What else were we talking about? Baseball. Um Let's do favorite things. Yeah. We're kind of doing that anyway. Bring back Dana Holgerson. Fuck it. You know? Yeah, get him get him a couple rails in there and he'll He's he, wherever he's at, he's doing pretty good. Houston. He's doing good. play him this year. I think we do. He might try to tune us up. He probably succeed in that. Sure. We're not very good. No. I'm surprised we don't have like I'm wondering if they bring back like Pat White and Steve Slayton and Owen to like give pep talks. Cuz these the kids playing now watch them oh, yeah. when they were kids. That's crazy. It's crazy yeah. that it's crazy that's 20 years ago pretty much. It's like 16 years ago now. Yeah. I'm saying it's getting close. Yeah. Pat White's last year with us was 2009, I think. He played one year with uh, Stu as his coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's I wonder if they bring him back to like have him like, hey, listen. Owen Schmidt he, stays in Morgan. I think he lives there still. Yeah. That's, that's who I'd want to be doing my pep talks is Owen Schmidt. I mean. That's, he used to punt every now and then. That was cool. He was the best, dude. It's crazy. The runaway beer truck with his fucking hair lip. Looked like he was something out of a fucking other age. I mean, he looked like a. He looked like Mike Allstott. He was the same guy as Mike Allstott. I think he was a more powerful runner than Mike Allstott. Probably right. Mike Allstott was faster, but Owen Schmidt was just a more powerful runner. God bless you if you get in Owen Schmidt's way. Oh, God. Christ I'd rather get in Mike Allstott's way. That's something we could talk about. Mike Allstott was a running back. That wore a neck roll. Right. That's awesome. <laughs> it is awesome. I think Owen wore one too. I can't he did. Remember. He really he did. That's something we could talk about. Remember how we were talking uh we always talked about rugby. This is a favorite thing. And they were talking about how even I said the Polynesians were like dominant. Mm-hmm. That's not a thing anymore. Like all of a sudden I-, I started watching a little bit of rugby. Ireland has this fucking guy. Oh god. Named Teague. Teague Donahue or something like that. This fucking guy. You talk about runaway beer truck. He's 5'10", 270. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and it shows him fucking killing people. Playing the Polynesian teams. He's knocking the shit out of them. And they're, you know, they laugh. They love him. You know what I mean? It's like, I love rugby because it's such a gentleman sport. You play it hard, but once you're off the off the, the pitch, you are with everybody having a beer. You know, that's the coolest thing. Rugby, I, I played some rugby, intramural rugby. I always wanted to play. So much fun. Yeah. It's like uh, it's the purest form of football. Here's like a highlight package of Ireland versus Romania. See, Ireland has a couple of Polynesians playing on their team. That's a thing now too. But they're most they're mostly Irish Irish guys. Look yeah. at the. I mean, rugby must be very popular in other places because the stadium is absolutely. Dude, it's, oh yeah. I mean, football is a cousin of rugby, I guess. And then there's Australian rules football. Remember that. Is that a really a thing? Yeah. Like they kick it through the thing and the guy comes out and points with his little fedora. Yeah. <laughs> I used to watch that shit all the time. Let me see some highlights. Come on, man. I don't want to see people stretching. It's only 15 minutes. I want to see the Irish people fucking doing Irish shit. I'm trying to find the. Is it that guy? Jesus. Is yeah, it no, that guy? It's Teague Furlong is his name. Here, Here's a picture of the guy. 
I mean, Jesus is Christ. T I G U E. T. Okay, here's how to spell because it's an Irish name. So, of course, it's going to T A D H G. T A D H G. F U R L O N G. I just had to type that in. Let's look at this fucking dude. Tribute. Also, Sexton once more. In midfield, it's. <laughs> they're playing the All Blacks. <laughs> I think that's the All Blacks they're playing. And they can't tackle them. Battering all black jerseys out of the way. It is the All Blacks. Third season. Oh, fuck. <laughs> He's amazing to watch. He's just. I've seen this video. Now, they don't do forward passes. Everything's laterals, right? right? I don't remember. I played Jesus. a very little bit. I think it's a more honest sport, honestly. Absolutely. That's one of the reasons I love it because there's so much. Here's what. Okay. Rugby might be the sport I'm going to start to watch. More pride in the teams. Um, just real fucking, you know, a more honest brutality, you know. He's a great passer, too. But that's what he does. <laughs> they can't stop him. She's fucking crazy. He's my size. He's like, he's a couple inches taller, and I, he weighs out outweighs me by like 10 pounds. It's fucking crazy. He's a farmer. He probably makes $20,000 a year playing rugby. Oh, well, no, I think they get paid pretty well. I think he, probably saying, does, he probably does, does commercials for potatoes oh, or abs- whatever. <laughs> he's pro- he doesn't have to pay for a fucking beer in Ireland at all. Oh, no. Because he's like this fucking legend, you know. God damn. <laughs> Just keep those big fucking legs churning. Jesus. That's the fucking rough shit. It's the scrum. (laughs) Jesus. I started watching him the other day. I was like, man, this fucking guy. Fucking tank. And he, he can fucking joke. He can move. He can, for a big guy, he can really move. Then he jumps, jukes, jukes <laughs> him out of his shorts. <laughs> and that's New Zealand they're playing. I think. I think that is the All Blacks. Now they're wearing white shorts. So uh, yeah, that's a favorite thing. I think I really do think I'm going to start watching rugby. I, I really am entertained by it. Um, plus, I love Once the, you can I love the, the hawkers, you know, and all that oh, stuff. Yeah. It's the coolest stuff. Once ever. you can learn the uh, actual rules and everything, like when can you do this, when you can, mm-hmm. can you do that. Like I tried to give soccer a chance, like it's whenever we were in the World Cup one violence. time. Yeah, me and Aaron and our buddy New York sat sat here stoned one morning. We got up early after being drink drunk, drunk all night to watch. World Cup game with the United States against Cambodia and whoever it was. And we watched the entire thing just like, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get right. it. Right. And then at the end of the game, it was tied one to one or something. And we were celebrating. Our players were celebrating. <laughs> celebrating. And we were like, what are they celebrating? They right. didn't win the fucking game. What is happening? What does this mean? It's. And that was the last time I tried to watch soccer. I, I just. It doesn't have enough. There's not enough violence in it for me. I mean, it's like, 
Rugby is great because it's soccer with violence. Mm-hmm. I mean, and plus you can pick the ball up. Yeah, it's it's football with with more violence. Right. It's something I can imagine. It's somehow more violent and less violent than American football. Well, here's a good explanation. And my friend, uh, this guy Terrence, who was at Carolina Beach, who, by the way, is the original drummer for the Animals. That's no bullshit. Um, he died a few years ago. He Rest had a peace, Terrence. Well, he had a emphysema he was a heavy smoker all of his life but that's no bullshit he met johnny cash the whole yard nine yards the animals let's see house of the rising sun of course um he the original drummer see i I think he was might have been out of the group right that's i think that's the explanation i got and he wasn't full of shit so i'm you know but anyway he said it like this he's like rugby has more potential for injury but Football, because of the helmets and everybody being turned into a weapon, has more potential for catastrophic injury. You don't get injured as often, but when you do, it's fucking catastrophic. Mm-hmm. So rugby, you're injured all the time. Yeah, it's, but it's just not as people aren't leading with their heads a lot. Yeah, I mean, so that's why a lot of people think American football should ditch the pads, and they call them pussies. And then that's what me and Terrence talked about as well. And he said he was in Los Angeles, and he said a couple of the fucking the night. This is in the '60s. He said a couple of the Los Angeles Rams got into the fucking elevator with him. He said they're the most enormous men I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> he said their head and shoulders above him. And Terrence wasn't a short guy, really, average height, you know. And he said they're standing there in their suit jackets, they're straining to hold him in. He said they're just absolutely gigantic. Now, can you imagine those giant athletes? Playing rugby where everybody gets to run the ball, everybody gets a little chance to shine. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I don't think a lot of American football players would be as good at rugby. You're probably right. I don't it's not that I don't think they have the it's not that I don't think they have the toughness. It's just a different sport. If they grew up on it, that's different. Right. But like if they're just introduced to it. Right. Yeah. That being said though, I'd like to see some uh, I'd like to see some rugby players come play football. That's what I'm saying. Slap some pads on some of them Tongans and throw them in the fucking mix and see what happens. Slap some pads on Teague there and throw him, let him be a fullback and see what happens. You know? Yeah. 5'11", 270. It's happened. It, it's happened. Um, they've, There's rugby players that have played American football? They have went and got, like, for punt re- specializing mm-hmm. punt returning and shit like that because those guys are very good at juking and oh, yeah. jiving and all yeah. that stuff. So, and punt returners need to be evasive. Elusive? Evasive. Both. About the same, yeah. I would like to see. I'd, I'd like to see an, like a an American rugby league. I'm sure it's there, out there. Sure, but, but like some insane billionaire get behind it and start paying people a lot. Yeah, like I think that'd be a very cool thing to see. Like Absolutely, seeing. NFL I wish I was caliber, younger. I'd go try out for yeah. it. Yeah, NFL caliber athlete. But I can't run. I'm so slow. I, yeah. it's, it's a joke. I mean, I could be a. I could be a load, but those guys are a load, and they can move. Mm-hmm. So it's not even a competition. Oh, I, we were talking about uh, one of the topics I brought up earlier. The the sports talk was bare knuckle MMA. There was a, an event last night, and it was really cool. I like watching them fight bare knuckle. Like it's an, I like throwing punches bare knuckle. Like you know, I work on the one thing I love. To at John's, he has a teardrop bag. Mm-hmm. I love him. Get fucking uppercuts and just crack it, you know, as hard as you can. You can't really do that bare knuckle because the force is is thrown back on your hand. It hurts like shit. Yeah. But on the heavy bag, I like to throw a few hundred punches, 
just regular with the gloves on and then take the gloves off. And I hit so much harder with the fucking gloves off because it's more focused. Mm-hmm. Wham, wham, wham. You know, just fuck it. I love it. In the, in the bare knuckle boxing, which is equally fun to watch. Yeah. And it's a lot more bloody. Yeah. Because in bare knuckle boxing, you're just hitting each other in the face and body. <laughs> so that you'll, you'll get big cuts and everything. But MMA, it's, it's a lot like just regular MMA. And, but it can be more bloody because you're connecting right here. Yeah. That's going to automatically cut. Oh, sure. Um, it's you're also more careful with your shots. You're not winging them. You're right. You're trying to be more. It's more pinpoint. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I watched it last night. It was awesome. And the main event was Fabricio Verdum against Junior Dos Santos, two former UFC heavyweight champions. Fabricio Verdum choked out Fedor Emelianenko when he was Fedor Emelianenko. Sure. He was the first guy to beat him. Right. And then Fedor loses a lot now. Well, he's why old. he keeps fucking fighting. Well, he's old, man. But. Um, can't take the fight out of some of them dogs, man. Th- they were both lumped up. Uh, Fabrizio had a cut right there, and it cut clean through his eyelid. Damn. And you could see his eyeball through his eyelid. Oh, shit. It was crazy. Yeah. And he was perfectly fine. Like, after the after the fight was over and uh, they were going to do the decision, he had, like, a guy pressing on it hard. I was like, ah, that looks like it hurts worse than the cut. Right. But I think, I think that's a more honest MMA. Sure. Completely bare knuckle. Um, they tape up the wrist mm-hmm. and up to here to give you some support for your wrist. But you can see them with the gloves on. They'll wing punches and they'll they'll fucking really try to hate throw haymakers. But with the bare knuckles, they're really trying to pinpoint those first two knuckles mm-hmm. into where they want to hit. They're not fucking throwing wild uppercuts, right? And shit like that. I liked it a lot. It's the first time I've seen MMA like that. Because uh, in MMA, you're allowed to kick people and you're bare shinned. And that's that's going to hurt you worse. I've seen people just get absolutely murdered with a shin to the shin. To the chin. Oh, yeah. And um, I think the bare knuckle, I think it might be the way to go. Uh, it just looks more barbaric. It looks like a kumite. Right. Which is kind of dope. Kumite. 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 <laughs> Fucking Frank Dukes. He's so full of shit. Um, <laughs> no, I, I've watched it before, and I really liked it. Um, there was a guy who was an NFL player who tried to go into it and got his fucking head knocked Are off. Are we talking about... God damn it. He, he's the NFL player that got in big trouble for domestic violence or whatever, and he got <sighs> kicked out of the league. Maybe, I think it is. And he fought this chubby... Short guy. I mean, it's like fighting Butterbean. This guy knew how to hit. By the way, Butterbean has called out Jake Paul, and Butterbean would murder Jake Paul. You're probably right. Um, Butterbean, I think, hits harder than anybody. Probably. I mean, it's just the mechanics of it, you know. Um, Herschel Walker was doing MMA. I forgot about that. I think he did okay. Yeah, he was 2-0. and oh. Yeah. Greg Hardy. This is the guy. He was in the UFC yeah, for dude, a while. He got the fuck kicked out of him. He was in the UFC for a while, and he murked a few people, and then they started up in his competition, and he got his ass whooped. And then he did bare knuckle, and he got his ass yeah, whooped. Because those guys are a different. Because he's of not stuff. a great boxer. No, he and he did he did bare knuckle boxing, and just got absolutely murdered. I'd like a lot of times these boxers hide behind those gloves when they only, <laughs> when all you got is your knucks. Oh shit, knuck if you fucking buck. They fucking they you're using those big old gloves for defense, right? Especially in practice, so you think you can do that in the fight, but you don't got those knucks anymore. And also, they punch your hand, and it goes into your fucking face, too. Yeah, but 
if you can just brush the punch off just slightly. Yeah, parry. Yeah, just, you know, like, you know. Roll with it. Knock it off this way or something like that. It completely takes the power out of it. It's mm-hmm. crazy. The physics behind it. Um, That's why they say roll with the punches. Like if you're having a tough time, you just got to roll with the punches. Yeah. Or as, who's the band? Roll with the changes. They also sang, um, I don't like this feeling anymore. It's REO Speedwagon. REO Speedwagon. I think they had Roll With The Changes. Yeah. REO Speedwagon. Um, Anyway, we're doing favorite things. Favorite things. Um, Well, the first and foremost is um, I started reading Hyperion again. I finished the first book. It has the most heartbreaking passage in it. Essentially, it's this. There is this uh, collection of planets called the hegemony. Uh, hegemony means rule within your borders. And it's human, you know, it's human beings' planets. There are no aliens in this. This is why I'm saying it's a better version of Dune, right? Um, even though there's no goofy fucking... I'm, I'm really getting to hate Dune. Like... The movies I like, but the books I despise. Can't wait to watch the new movie. They pushed it back till March. Well, I'm okay with that, but I, I I really do enjoy the movies very much because they take something out, they bring something out of it that's not in there. Heart. There is no heart in the Dune books. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one has a lot. Like, okay, it is essentially a sci-fi version of the Canterbury Tales. You have these pilgrims, these seven pilgrims going to the Shrike Temple. This thing called the Shrike is this three meter tall, it's about nine feet creature made out of corrugated steel spikes razor wire with red eyes with a steam shovel fucking mouth it is terrifying this thing you can look up pictures of it um it's got four arms two almost like a fucking praying mantis to grasp and two that like can grasp you like this and it kills with no rhyme or reason no passion or prejudice oh my god let me see the picture yes there's been quite a few quite a few really cool, cool pictures of it that's an awesome that is a real uh, that's pretty cool it's not what i i mean the michael whelan has done the pictures for the uh covers of the books and they're fucking amazing that's really good i like that and i wonder who that is standing in front of him looks like vin diesel um this one's pretty good if you ask me that is really good that's actually more along the line of what i think what i th- see when i'm reading the book and this is a mechanical monster that is sentient nobody knows like here's the thing there's this, it's this planet called Hyperion, and it's got these temples on it called the Time Temples. I think I want to read this. And, it's, it, lo- and it looks cooler than Dragonbone Chair to me. Um, I think you'd like it better because it's more to the point, but the sci-fi elements, yeah, you might like it better. I've got the first one. You can borrow it if you like. Um, yeah, you're really struggling with the Dragonbone Chair. Sure am. I mean, dude, it's. I, I, I thought you might. I thought you might be able to get through I, it. I think you told me last time I just need to get through 10 pages to, to get to the stuff. And I'll try. I'll try tomorrow. Try to get through that, and then if you don't like it, just abandon it. You know, it's no use trying to read something you're not into, and it's not going to hurt my feelings if you don't. Okay, but um, anyway, these temples on uh, Hyperion are going backwards in time. They have things these called uh, anti-entropic fields, and they cannot be explained. Nobody can explain them. They don't know where they came from. They're millions of years old. 
older than the hegemony, all these things. They, uh, and there's like one that's called the Sphinx, and there's one that's just called the Shrike Temple and all these things. And the Shrike will every now and then, when, when pilgrims will go to these, will just appear and just murder someone terrible and put them on this thing called the, the Tree of Pain. It's just this giant tree of steel and fucking put people on it. It's like when Kevin Sullivan used to hang people upside down in the corner, put them in the tree of woe. Same. Well, that's from Conan the Barbarian. That motherfucker stole that. But anyway, um, there is this war, looming war. The hegemony, hegemony is in this looming war of these people called the Ousters. The Ousters are one of the coolest fucking creations in sci-fi. They're human beings that left old Earth. By the way, Earth is gone. It was created in this thing called the Big Mistake of Thirty Eight. I think it's twenty one thirty eight. It was a uh, they turned on a, a machine like a giant black hole thing, like they did in France. Only this time, it really fucked up and it ate the Earth slowly. So uh, man, uh, men had to go. People had to go to different planets. But before they did that, a bunch of people just left Earth in ships. These old ships that, that are sublight speed and they left hundreds of years ago. Well, now they're called the Ousters, and they have used RNA. Like, you know, to change what they look like. They live in space. They live in, uh, like, comet cities. They live in, um, they'll just, massive parts of space where they'll just do a Dyson sphere and then they'll make everything in it, like, breathable and livable. These giant places to live. Um, can cities. Like, it's the coolest. When they finally explain it to you, the ousters are so fucking cool. And the hegemony is going to war with them. Well, Right before this, they, they're sending, sending a last pilgrimage to the Shrike Temple. Um, a, c- a couple of the characters include uh, Martin Salinas, who is a po- poet from Old Earth, who is a fucking asshole. I love him. Um, Bron Lamia, who is from Lucis. Lucis is a high G planet, so she's crazy jacked, but she's still hot at the same time. Because, you know, high G planets make you, she's like really muscle, like she, like a tank. Um there's Saul Weintraub, who's like like one of the last Jewish people, and his daughter was working on the time tombs, got hit with an anti-entropic wave, is now aging backwards. Weird. Benjamin Buttoning? Yes. It is the most heartbreaking. That I, I'm a grown man reading this at work the other day and have to have my back to I'm reading because I'm like crying because it's that intense. Like his daughter at first knows what's happening. She, she ages back a day and she loses a day. So she doesn't remember, but then she gets caught up on things. Finally, she's just getting to be so small, and it is the, one of the hardest things I've ever had to read because her and her dad, her dad says, see you later, alligator, and she says, after a while, crocodile, and then there comes a time when she doesn't remember it, and she kept saying it because she knew it like all her life, and then that was the hardest part to read. He's, he's like, see you later, alligator, and she's like, what's that? And he's like, well, you're supposed to say after a while, crocodile. And she's almost, she's like, after a while, crocodile, she can barely say it. That part, I fucking bawled. I sat there. It was lucky nobody's in there with me because I couldn't hold it back. Being a father, you know, changes things. Um, that is the best writing I've ever read. Then there's a guy called Fedma Kassad. He's from Mars. Like a bunch of uh, Jew- Muslim people moved to Mars. Um, he's this fucking, they call him the Butcher of Brescia because he's like fought the ousters one time. He has a sequence where he's fighting the ousters and he is like pulling himself through a fucking like a a space station that's been depressurized. He kills an ouster and takes his fucking suit on and put, gets in the suit. Then he fights through three more ousters and gets in a ship and takes off. He's fucking awesome. I love this character. Um, and then there's uh, 
Father Paul Duray, who was with uh, this other Lenar Hoyt. It's so much shit fit, fit into one book that's not even that long. Mm. It's, it may be 450 pages long. It's not a huge one. But there's so much fit in there that it's, it feels so much bigger. And it's a two-parter. Hyperion and Fall of Hyperion. And then they did two later called Endymion and Rise of Endymion. And I'm coming up on the end, and I have forgotten how fucking just absolutely peerless this book is. Everything Dune wanted to be and couldn't. because Which came first? Oh, Dune by decades. But, uh, the f- well, a couple of decades. The first Hyperion bit co- co- came out in 89. I remember seeing the cover, and I was so intrigued because it's got the Shrike standing there. There's a sea of grass, and then there's this ship, like the just like going off into the grass. It's all, the ocean of grass on Hyperion. And it's one of the most amazing. It's a Michael Whelan, man. I love his art. And I knew it was his immediately because he's just got a look to his stuff. Um, I, I I have never have, don't think I've ever read a sci-fi book that has ever come close. I mean, and I've read lots of sci-fi, man. I've not read as much sci-fi as I have fantasy, but they kind of overlap sometimes. Mm-hmm. This doesn't. This is pure sci-fi. There is no magic to it. So, Good. Um, yeah. I mean, there's just no... The the one thing that, that blows me away about Dan Simmons is his absolute prescience when it comes to things that were coming. He's got something called the all thing. It's Facebook. That's all it is, you know, because they record everything for the all thing, and everybody's on the all thing all the time and all this stuff. He was smart enough to know that this is where things are going. And he had, they have vat grown meat, you know, all these things that he, the guy did his fucking research or he's just that good and pressing. When that becomes more prevalent, the, the lab grown meat, I'm not going to eat it. I don't think I can. No, I'm not going to eat it. Um, I, I just, that those, the parts with, and the fights like Fedma Kassad fights the Shrike outside of one of the temples. And he is just fucking cleaning the house on this thing. And he's got all these he's got all these awesome weapons, like the future weapons, like one of them's a Fletchette rifle with fires like crystals that are super hard and it blows up on him and he's knocking him back. And then he's got a he's just bang bang. It's it's a fucking gunslinger moment, you know, where he's just fucking this thing up and it just doesn't stop and it keeps coming after him. And he just I love he's he Fedman Kassad might be my favorite character in the whole thing. Um other than uh, Saul Weintraub and his uh, daughter. Um, I'm Saul Weintraub. I'm in the future. The J- Jewish people in this point have got their own planet called Hebron. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, the Catholic Church has got got its own planet. Um, Boys Town. <laughs> Japan. The people from Japanese have their own planet um, where the, the, they have samurai fights where they fight to the death. You know, things, you know, fucking crazy, awesome shit. Um, there's a planet where these uh, fucking trees reach out into the stratosphere. They're so big. And they have tree ships that they can as- attach sublight speed to and they can fucking move. And Hawking Drive, you know, like Stephen Hawking. Um, I really think you, I'm going give, to give you the first book and you can check it out. I really think. This sounds more interesting to me. Dragonbone Chair is much, much more for, for, it's like high, high fantasy. It's so, and it's almost impenetrable. It's either a like it or hate it. I don't hate it. No, it's not just, hate I it. I got to get through it, you know? Right. It's more of a, it's almost an insurmountable thing for some people because it is so, it's impenetrable. It's got so much stuff going on. I probably would have had trouble with Game of Thrones if I didn't already like all the characters. That's the thing. The show helped you out with that. 
because you have a vision about what it was like. That being said, Martin and Williams are not, their writing is not similar. You know, if you can't, I mean, you can tell that Williams is much more slow paced. It's building something, you know, I still think I wish you would get to the Sithy because should listen to it. It's what I should do. I'm sure they, they've got an audio. You yeah. probably get it on YouTube. I'm sure. But the Sithy are such just an, an amazing creation of fantasy. One of the, probably the greatest non-human race ever created. They're better than elves because elves are just pretty people. And they're, they're not. There's nothing human about them. So, and and debating their origins, like I'm in the big, you know, I get them debates on Reddit, you know, about the, I put up a Reddit post and said, uh, the Sith are aliens, you know, and started laying out the thing. And people were like, they are, you know, they, and it didn't occur to them. They start, we started talking. And um, that's a lot of fun. Um, Which uh, subreddit do you go to? Tad Williams, r slash Tad Williams. Nice. Um, you can also just hear some really cool points of view and things, people talking. Um, another favorite thing. Ted Williams is on his own subreddit. Is he? Yeah. Our, I'm Ted Williams. I have no choice about it. <laughs> He's really cool, man. I've liked uh, I, another favorite thing is I saw, I don't know if you sent me this or I don't know if you did. It's Stephen King and George R. R. Martin talking about, uh, uh, Robert Jordan's books and Stephen King despises them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he said, he was like, I tried to do a Stephen King voice. I'm not going to bother. He said, um, I was wanting to read uh, game of Thrones, but then I started with Robert Jordan and I, they, I, I hated him. I couldn't get through. So I didn't want to read yours. Cause I thought that's what they were like. And then he said, it turns out they're really not like Robert Jordan stuff is, and the show has come out and apparently this season's better, but man, I can't get into it. Like, I don't like it. I mean, I haven't I, watched the new season. I tried, and there was moments in the last one I thought were, thought were cool. In the last the pregnant Iolating fight, was, fighting was cool. Yeah. That was a great scene. I thought, you know, it really drew me into it, but I'm a big fan of the Aiel. So, you always have been. You always say that. How you like the Aiel? And the Fremen. You know, and the Fremen. And always, that was a, something I posted on one Reddit, you know, Aiel versus Fremen, you know, deathmatch, who wins? I said, you take away all the sci-fi weapons and it's only knife versus spear and all those things. And the yeah, idea win in a walk, I always say, but um, let's see. Oh yeah. Um, it's now time. September is now time for horror movies. We're starting to get cool weather. Cool weather will be here later in the week. Thank God. Be down in the seventies. Then I think some days will be down in the high sixties. I've been having to wear a sweatshirt at work early in the morning. I love so it. That's nice. Absolutely love it. Uh, plus working at the plant, you know, it's the the heat is absolutely monstrous. Um, makes work easier. Makes it actually pleasant. I, I enjoy going to work usually, but when the heat gets in, it's just impossible to enjoy. Um, I always start the year. I started this year too. Uh, Night of the Living Dead, first one I watch. You know, hands down. Got, I got the Blu-ray. Watch it. Um, but I'm holding Halloween three for as long as I can, because that is the the one. You can watch it as many times as you want. Man. I know, but it's weird because I don't know. It's it's I like th- cracking a seal on something that I don't want to crack yet. You know what I mean? Would you have any interest in watching the new Halloween movies? No. The new the first one of the three is very good. I know, but the second one's pretty good, and the last one's dumb but good. You know what I mean? Here's the thing about horror movies. I've come to a point where I realize that I'm only going to really like one era of horror movies. 
And that's the 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, there are notable exceptions. Night of the Living Dead was made in 1969, I think. Um, you know, but uh, by and large, I like low budget, um, but in earnest horror movies. Um, let's see what I was. I, I was watching uh, Chopping Mall. Chopping Mall is fucking great. It's terrible, but it has an alum from Fast Times at Ridgemont High who wanted, she played one of the cheerleaders, and then it had an alum from uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Two who played the creepy guy who had, had he not been creepy would have slayed all the pussy. He's a really good looking dude, you know, but he's just a creep. Um, I've watched uh, Day of the Dead, the favorite. Um, the, here's an interesting uh, sub note. The guy, the the Irish guy from Day of the Dead, a Day of the Dead, is actually Irish. Is this the uh, Day of the Dead by Zack Snyder or no? That's Dawn of the Dead. Okay, Dawn, I, and I can't. I'd like to find a copy of the original Dawn of the Dead. Um, they're in the they're in the mall and all that stuff. It's a George Romero. Um, I like Zack Snyder's version. It's pretty good, but it's got fast zombies. I don't like fast zombies. Um, Here's a fun. Horror movie. It's from the early to mid aughts. Okay, Thirty Days of Night. Thirty Days of Night was an excellent horror movie. I it really was. I, I liked the it's a cool premise. It really was. Like the, the you got the, Josh Hartnett. Come on, Josh Hartnett was in fucking Oppenheimer and like was like it's fucking great. I know, man. It's tremendous. You know, he was uh, supposed to be Batman in the Nolan ones, but he either turned it down or they just went another way with Christian Bale. It was one of those. I think that he was just. A bit too young. I think they were looking for something more mature. But he was in the running. I think he'd have been good. He would have been good. It would have been a different type of movie. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, he might all, He might have been too good looking to be Batman. I don't know, man. The jaw might not be strong enough. Anyway. I don't know. I mean, you see him in Oppenheimer. He's tall. Yeah. He's built. You know, he looks like a big guy now, like he, a big strong guy. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. He, he might be a, a, good fi- a good guy for a later on Batman. Um, I wish people, by the way, speaking comic books and stuff, get off James Gunn, James Gunn's ass. He's trying thing. to build something. And you have all the fucking fanboys. I love Henry Cavill too. Guess what? So does James Gunn. But he knows that he has to build something. And like I said, fucking Cavill's in the pipeline. He's going to be in there somewhere. Did you happen to watch The Flash? I haven't yet. I think you would love it. I think I probably would. I enjoyed the shit yeah. out of it. It was. <laughs> it looks like a lot of fun. It was um, stupid. Well, of course. But that's what I want. I don't want any fucking points to be made. Well, I mean, I, you know, small points, but I don't want to be preached to. That's right. And there's none of that. That's what they did. Right. They they just made you a good popcorn movie with very little. Su- there's not any nutrition in this. Right. It is exactly what you want. Right. There's time travel. There's fucking multiple universes everybody gets fucked up there's cool shit happening on it that are like lots of the easter eggs in there for the fans the girl that plays supergirl is very hot i like that aspect of it i like the fact that uh you know they actually had supergirl who's kara she was actually a a cousin mm-hmm. of uh kal-el of kal-el that actually left krypton at the same time mm-hmm. and that's that's the story behind supergirl i like the fact they used that and she re- she had reached earth as well um, and remember, I mentioned the uh, the scene where uh, fucking Christopher Reeve is in it. Yeah, and I th- I thought for some reason that like there was like a whole conversation that happened between him and the eighty Supergirl and 
the flash. No, it's just no, a, it's just, he just shows up because the portals have opened up. Right. So I was like, okay, this isn't as bad as I thought. This sure. is fine. Actually, right. this is actually very good. And then there's a scene with fucking Nicholas Cage, Nicholas Cage fighting the big spider. And he's got like mm-hmm. heat vision and stuff. Yeah, it was that, pretty awesome. Yeah. I think that the fucking Tim Burton Superman movie would have been an experience. I think yeah. it would have been good. Written by Kevin Smith, who's a big nerd for Superman. Yeah, but Kevin Smith ruined He-Man. Um, yeah, he made it about girls, but that was also no, no, no. It's not just that. <sighs> Shouldn't call it He Man if it's not about He Man. Well, trying to when you make a, a female character so unlikable, I mean, you know what I mean. It's not just female characters; it's characters in general. When you make them so unlikable mm-hmm. that you don't want them to succeed, you know, they seem to do that because they're afraid to show female characters with flaws mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I have no flaws. The world's just trying to keep me down. No, that's not what it is. You know, that's why the like uh, Queen's Gambit was very good because that girl's a piece of shit in that show, and. She's a character drunk. arc. Yeah. Character and she, arc. There's a redemption thing going right. on. And like she learns something. It's like Ray. You know, I've heard all kinds of, you know, versions of Ray where she should have been shitty and guarded and all kinds of stuff. And then, you know, brought out of her shell. And you know what I mean? Ray could have been a really cool character. Mm-hmm. They just didn't do it right. Um, Apparently, Os- Ashoka sucks. I'm sure it does. I'm never going to watch it. I'm, I'm so. Disney is losing their ass, man. And they're and they're going to have to start learning their lesson. I hope the Snow White movie they're making never sees the light of day, um, because Rachel Zegler keeps on attacking the Snow Man, the Snow White movie, and shitting on it, and talking about how it's, you know, this guy stalking her and stuff like that. I'm like, let's talk about the casting. I'm, I'm fine with Rachel Zegler have a Hispanic I don't care. St- Snow White. I don't care. But then you have, um, the Wicked Queen or whatever, uh, who's has to strike down uh, Snow White because she's more beautiful than her, and it's fucking Gal Gadot. Are you serious? A six-foot-tall, extremely hot woman is afraid that there's somebody prettier than her or whatever it is? <sighs> Gal Gadot is a good choice for that role. Mm-hmm. If Rachel Zegler is not playing Snow yeah, White. Yeah. I don't know who you get to play her, and I don't really care. But I'm not going to watch the fuck. It's, no, it's for and, children, and, and, and I've got no problem. No, and, and it's DOA. Like yeah. it, it's completely DOA. It's over. Um, she has shit on it enough that Disney is like the the son of the guy who directed the original, the who's one of the creators of the original Snow White despises her and just said that, you know, she's like it was made in 1938 and very very you know something so and she's talking. I'm just like you are so fucking irritating. You know, have some respect for the thing you're getting ready to play. I know it's a different time and all that shit, but for one thing, the dwarves are not midgets. They're mythical dwarves like from Lord of the Rings. They're meant to look, they're meant to be short and small. And they have a character arc that they're supposed to go through. Because if you watch uh, Snow White, it's a beautiful character arc for them. They're selfish at first. They don't get to get, they don't get along very well. They, you know, all of a sudden, and they're, don't care about Snow White. And she comes in and starts taking care of them and help them clean up and they love her. So then they're willing to die for her. And they chase the, the wicked queen up this, fucking mountain like they're running after her and you know got a pickaxe pickaxe and shit trying to get at her and that's why she falls off this cliff the the seven dwarfs save snow white i challenge anybody to watch snow white and not love it it's a fucking tremendous movie like it it holds up for one thing the animation is so beautiful because we don't see it anymore 
completely ink and paint and all those things. And it took it, 23 years to make. It, it, well, <laughs> you know what the crazy part about it is, is that a lot of those old cells and stuff just got kind of thrown on the floor. Like it, they didn't arm because they thought, well, this we're going to make more stuff. Why would we keep this? And a lot of the stuff has been lost because the animators from the old animators from Disney got shunted off basically into a fucking broom closet. And there's no way to, to the art hasn't been passed down to anybody. It's a lot. It's starting to be a lost art. Um, there are still people that do it. And I would like to see, I thought a good ink and paint um, movie to do would be the drag mode chair. That has got Disney style stuff written all over it. It's a little bit more violent, but you could tone it down some with Priratez, the stuff he does for one thing. You don't want him stomping a puppy to death no. on a fucking ink and paint movie. Um, I, I think it would be tremendous. Like if I had the money, if I was like, fuck you, I would, I would form my own fucking studio. Be like, All right, here's what we're doing. I want you to make a fucking completely ink and paint version of this go. And I don't, I don't care. I don't care if I, how long it takes and I don't care how much money, fucking money it takes. I mean that I would have to be like, you know, $500 million in the bank. Cause it's going to cost several million dollars. Yeah. So, Cause everybody's got to learn how to do that again. Well, it's, and it just costs more because mm-hmm. I'm going to pay them a good wage. And, and all then that you got stuff. the voice actors got to get some stars. Well, absolutely. But not only that, but I guarantee once that hit the, mo- once that hits the movie theater, fucking it's going to, it'll cause a firestorm of, of, of a good firestorm. Cause people are like, I feel like I'm sitting back in the movie theater in the, in the early 1980s where I'm watching something they made with love and with respect and things like that, as opposed to just throwing something on screen to try to make a buck. You know, mm-hmm. I, I love the, they've got the Jeff Goldblum thing. That's now become a, uh, like a, a meme. Just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. Right. And they were, and they did that. They put Disney, you know, and, and that's what, and he's right. He's why like, not re-release the old animated movies in theaters? They did that. They they actually have done a four K a four K restoration of Snow White, and it is selling off the fucking shelves. Hmm. Okay. Oh, you know they're putting Goonies in the theaters for one night. To what? Sell, to when? Sell, to, I don't remember, but to celebrate the hundred year anniversary of Warner Brothers. I got. I love that. Goonies is so great. It's possible that I will go see that. I would. I think they were making a sequel to that that hadn't quite. Uh, they could really do something with that too, and I, and you know all of them would come back. Of course they. Would. Josh Brolin would be the first one because he's so fucking cool. Um, it's actually on Paramount Network right now. You'd have two Oscar winners because I think Josh Brolin has won an Oscar, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it's possible. I don't. Well, maybe not. But Kihi Kwan has. Kwan has. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got uh, what a fucking marathon we could do. Watch the Goonies, then move on to Lost Boys, then move on to Stand By Me and finish it off with One Crazy Summer. Oh, fuck, dude. Oh, I started watching uh, One Crazy Summer is a, is a Savage Steve Holland vehicle. Mm-hmm. He also did Better Off Dead. Have you ever seen it? Yeah, of course. Fuck him, Diane Franklin. I need my, what was it, 250 or whatever, the paper kid? The paper yeah. <laughs> $2. Sorry, don't have a dime. Didn't ask for a dime. <laughs> $2. <laughs> So fucking funny. Of course, that was on. Well, that was oh god, Uh, on hot tub time machine when when they're on the mountain. He was like, the guy was on the cell phone. He's like, I'm on a phone on the mountain. He's like, Yeah, I want my two dollars. And John Cusack went. He's like, Look around. (laughs) (laughs) Let's look at see Fandango whenever this movie's going to be in theaters. Uh, It's in theaters today, just for today and tomorrow. Fuck. Can't and Wednesday, 
Wednesday. Um, I'm working all those days. Which which theater are we talking here? I would almost Marquee. Say, oh, right now it's only at Huntington. Nah, they're the ones who always do the yeah. They always do the flashbacks. I would think Park Place would do it too. I'd love to go see fucking an old movie in the theaters. The first movie I saw was Honey, I Shrunk the Kids in the theaters. You believe that? 1988 or 9? Uh, I think it was a 90. I think it was I'm not 90s. sure, but I went to Christian school. We weren't allowed to go to the movies. And one, it was right around Christmas when mom would go Christmas shopping. Dad would take us to the movies. That was the tradition. It started with Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Nice. So this is back when a 38-year-old woman could walk around the mall and be perfectly fine. Right. Back in the 80s. Right. First movie I saw in the theater was more than likely um, either The Empire Strikes Back or Indiana Jones, Razor Lost Ark. The first one I remember anyway. Those yeah. both came out in 1980, I believe. So I'd have been three. I'd been old enough to remember it. I do remember Empire Strikes Back. I really do. Um, I was obsessed with it. Empire Strikes Back was 82? 1980. 80? 77, 80, 83. Return of the Jedi That's good. Every three years, instead yes. of trying to crank out stuff every year, for for a while, like when they when they start, first started doing that, I liked it, and then I realized in the back of my mind, this is not going to be a good thing. It doesn't build anything. It doesn't, you know, you don't you absence makes the heart grow absence makes the heart grow fonder. I remember that's why we're all sick of Avengers. Yeah, um, I you know what the movie I was going to say this too. Uh, you know what movie is going to save Marvel? Deadpool three, hopefully. Everything's going to be crap until Deadpool 3 comes out next year. If it can come out next year. It'll come out strike. next year. It'll come out next year. All the stuff they're saying about it, man, uh, I mean, it's going to be what Doctor Doctor Strange 2 should have been. Like, fucking Jennifer Garner is playing Electra in it. Um, there's rumors Ben Affleck is going to be fucking Daredevil in it. A Daredevil. Charlie Cox is going to be... Uh, the, the new Daredevil. Is, is going to be Daredevil in it. Um Fucking Taylor Swift is rumored, and she's good friends with Ryan Reynolds, to play Dazzler. I don't know Dazzler. Dazzler was in... I showed you Dazzler. She's like yeah. the disco girl who's an X-Man. Um, yeah, you showed me Dazzler. Um, that's a fucking great idea. She's perfect for that role. Um, yeah, she's hot. Well, not only that... Taylor I'm, Swift's not hot, but Dazzler's hot. I'm quite sure Taylor Swift can act, too. I think um, so. Who else is supposed to be in this? Um, apparently, Daniel Radcliffe... Is going to be playing a version of Wolverine. That's cool. Um, and also, Taron uh, Edgerton might definitely be coming up to be the MCU Wolverine. They say he's probably going to be in it. Um, but then you're going to have the Deadpool core, which is going to have a bunch of Deadpools in it. They'll probably have Gwenpool, who's Gwen Stacy, who became Deadpool. It's fucking all kinds of crazy shit. I'm quite sure there's going to be Spider Man. Spider Man. I think the Captain America is going to be in it. Everybody's going to be in this fucking thing. And it's going to be pull out all the stops. This, In a sense, I'm glad they're on the skids because they're going to need a Hail Mary and that movie's going to be the Hail Mary. Like, guys, we need to get people back in the theaters. We need to pull out all the stops. Hard R, put everybody in it. Here's what It's going to be fucking great. Almost three hours. That's what we're going to do. And it's going to be fucking awesome. I hope it works. Loki's going to be in it. Uh, Apparently there's a new season of Loki coming at some point. Loki looks good. I like the first season of Loki. I thought, I thought it, it was good. Um, kind of, kind of undid things. 
if I remember correctly, I probably don't remember correctly. <laughs> well, they did. They made Sophie like a better Loki than Loki. I'm like, I don't yeah. think, but I, not really. They made the crocodile a better fucking Loki than Loki. <laughs> but apparently, <laughs> that's funny though. They've undid some things with the the Secret Invasion show, like. Well, Rhodey, even in yeah. uh, Endgame, wasn't Rhodey. He was a yeah, squirrel. That's, that's fucking dumb. Secret Invasion was the most yawn. Like, nobody watched it. I didn't watch it. I didn't want to watch it. Um, I haven't wanted to watch any of their shows in a long time. Now, when they first came out with their shows, I liked Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I thought it was mm-hmm. excellent. Um, I liked um, Loki a lot. Uh, WandaVision was tremendous until a certain point. I tell you what that point is when you fucking fucked us over with Quicksilver and didn't fucking make him show up. That was fucking. Oh God, I'm still mad about that. They need to fix that. Like mm-hmm. they re- they need to have Quicksilver be in Deadpool, and then you know what I mean. Like apparently uh, Elizabeth Olsen is going to be in Deadpool too. She's going to be playing Wanda in it. Um, I can't wait, dude. I hope it's good. That movie's going to I'm going to like it regardless because it's going to be a Deadpool movie and I know it's going to be funny, you know. Um, even if Deadpool 2 wasn't as good as Deadpool 1, but it was still a good movie. Pretty good. Yeah, I, I, enjoyed, I enjoyed it I laughed it quite a bit. Oh, yeah. It was, like all the shit with uh, Negasonic Teenage Warhead's going to be in it. I'm happy about that because I love that character. The interplay between her and uh, Deadpool was the funniest shit ever. Um, you, know, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I love that scene where uh, Colossus is going to fight Angel, Angel Dust, I think is her name, and she fucking knocks the shit out of him. He's like, that's why I brought her? And she's like on the phone. He's like, oh yeah, finish your tweet, hashtag it. She throws over her shoulder and starts running and knocks her into the fucking thing. That was awesome. Um, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm so excited for that movie. Any other Marvel property, I really don't care. It's just the guys are gone. The boys are not back in town, and you can't bring them back. Well, when you... Guardians of the Galaxy 3 was excellent. Haven't got to see it yet. Really good. Oh, I bought it. You can watch it. I'm sure it's on uh, Disney Plus by now. But I have it. Okay. I mean, you can watch it if you like. Um, I don't care. But uh, She-Hulk was terrible. I only watched one episode. It was, it that, was, was, that was plenty. It was really bad. Um, I, thought, I saw what they were trying to do with it. And... She's just so insufferable. I couldn't get through it. Um, Apparently, every character in it's insufferable. They are. Uh, it's one of those shows where the writers were none of them have ever read a comic book, and they purposely destroyed every character they could get their hands on, and laughed about it, and taunted the fan base that you're a bunch of isms and ists, you know, because you don't like this. And they're like, no, we don't like it because it's not good. You know, you completely torched the Hulk as a character. You made her a better Hulk out of the gate than him. That's fucking dumb. She-Hulk was never as powerful as the Hulk in the comics. Just not. Um, and it, I don't know. But anyway, I, I just think Marvel is shitting the bed and uh, Disney in general is shitting the bed. And, oh, that's another favorite thing real quick. By I st- this time, they're shitting the floor. Oh, God, it's terrible. It's Yeah, it's running over into the floor. Yeah. I started reading the Heir to the Empire series again, that that Star Wars series that introduced Grand Admiral Thrawn. Dude, those would have been the best fucking movies ever. There are scenes in it that are so cinematic that are just fucking... The guy, the guy knew how to write. Like he, Rumor was that George uh, was going to buy back Star Wars. I wish he would, and I wish they would just torch the fucking sequels and start over again. 
but you can't do it now because Carrie Fisher's dead. Harrison Ford won't do it. Um, and Mark Hamill very likely won't do it. Um, that's the one they shot their shot, you know, and it just, I like how Mark Hamill went along with it and all that stuff. And then he knew it was terrible, but he still tried to be a gentleman about it and say, what's well, not, you know, it's not my vision. It's his vision and stuff like that. But then once it's out, he's just like, yeah, that guy actively helped to destroy star Wars <laughs> and I helped him. You know, it's like, it's like, no man, you just tried to do your best. And he completely, they just, never, they never had to bring it back. They could have just, Maybe make animated movies or an animated series. Well, like I said, George Lucas read the Heir to the Empire books, and he loved them so much that he said, if I were going to make a sequel, these would at least be a template. I mean, because the gang's all there. Mm-hmm. You know, fucking... Do you it, think Harrison Ford would let them use an AI? I don't want them to do that because it's going to be terrible. It is terrible. Yeah. The, what they do with Mark Hamill is terrible. Yes. It's god-awful. Yeah. It just doesn't look good. I don't want them to go down this road. I mean, maybe about 100 years in the future where they have gotten to a point where like regular people can, I I mean, given, if you give me all the tools, like on a computer to make a movie, I can make a good one, Mm -hmm. you know, because I, I'm aware of how to put things together. If it's not good to everybody else, it's at least good enough, good for you. Sure. You know what I mean? Which I think is what's going to happen. Right. If you want a movie, you'll type it in. You can make it yourself. And it'll just make it for you. Right. But I think that in the next 20, 30 years, that's going to be happening. And then people will get famous, like putting out their versions of stuff. And like you pay a license. Let's say you want a Batman movie. You pay a little bit of a license to Warner Brothers. Oh, yeah. You type it in and it makes you a fucking cool Batman movie. Right. Completely for you. Well, but you, the really creative people will be able to know how to use the prompts and be able to construct things and make something really awesome. Mm-hmm. It's going to be, a, it's actually a good creative thing, but it's one of those double edged swords. There's going to be a lot of crap you're going to have to wade through. And then you're going to find somebody who's really good at it and has produced something that. It's like uh, fan made movies. Like you can watch them on YouTube. Like there'll be some Batman fan made movies. Yeah. And sometimes they're actually pretty good. The fucking. We've seen this before. The guy who redid the fight between Obi-Wan and Vader mm-hmm. from Star Wars and redid it like two actual Jedi would have fought. They should have given that guy a fucking job. It was a deal. I keep hearing about people keep surviving being ran through with a lightsaber. <laughs> as far as I understand. The fucking, that's the, uh, it would, the critical drinker talked about yeah. that. He's like, I remember a time where you got ran through by a lightsaber. You died. <laughs> it's like, it would, this girl's been ran through three times. You know? I think the word is immolate. It would immolate your insides, right? Absolutely. It would melt them. Well, you can take a lightsaber mm-hmm. and they close blast doors in episode one, which by the way, I was not aware of this. I work with a kid who's a younger kid. They love the prequels, man. These kids who grew up who grew up watching them love those movies. Hmm. I'm like, good, yes, good for you. You know, what they, I don't. But what do they think about the new ones? Oh, they almost universally hate them because God, they're they're shit. Hope. Are these Zoomers or millennials? Millennials. Millennials are closer to our age. They're like 40s. Then they'd be now. Zoomers. Zoomers, yeah. One kid's like 24. Oh, he's a Zoomer. And he's, we were talking about Star Wars, and I started to talk to you about the prequels. You're like, hey, I love the prequels. I was just like, why? <laughs> it's like, 
And he, he started talking about, I was, he, I, I was like, you know what we have here? And I was I was talking to him going down the stairs. I said, we have a Return of the Jedi situation. Mm. I, as a child, loved Return of the Jedi. I did. I go back and watch it now. It's garbage. It's not any good at all. But it's a beautiful part of my childhood, so I look past it. Yeah. So, Just never watch that movie again and pretend like it's awesome. Well, there are parts to it that are good. The, yeah. inter, the interplay between Vader and Luke is actually excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Emperor. You know but, the way to watch the prequels? Take all the uh, the Ewok shit out of it. The, well, the prequels. What you want to do is you want to find a fan edited version Which of takes it all Jar Jar out. that edits all three movies together to one good solid two hour movie. Okay, and it makes them good. Really? Yes, I watched one one time because I watched the prequels one time. It took me twenty years to watch them, and they were garbage. And then I just did a search to see what everybody. Else, I knew everybody hated them, but then I saw YouTube. There was like a fan edited version and. I decided to watch that, and it yeah. condensed it down, got rid of all the fucking, the fucking politics talk about shit. politics yeah, and yeah. trade and all that stuff, mm-hmm. and just condensed it down to something that was watchable and pretty good. All right, not great, but pretty good. Took all the Jar Jar out. Took all the Jar Jar out. Pointless character made no impact on anything. No, there was actually a theory though that he was a th- he was a Sith. It's like fuck you. That would have completely driven me away from Star Wars. I love forever. theories. I do too. I love reading some of them are Game of Thrones really cool. theories. The vampire theory that the Boltons are great vampires is a great theory. It's a great theory. There's, a, there's a war between the Starks and the Boltons because the Starks are essentially werewolves. werewolves. <laughs> <and> the, <laughs> the fucking Boltons are vampires. That's so, and you know he did that on purpose. Oh, absolutely. Um, the theory that uh, this is getting deep that uh, Arthur Dane is still alive. That he actually is Mance Raider. Yeah. It's a great theory. Um, and then that uh, Tormund John Spain is actually uh, Gerald Hightower. Great. They're about the same size. And the third one was... Uh, shit. I'm going to have to think of... Uh, let, me get, let me get a run at it. Arthur Dane, Gerald Hightower, and Quentin Martell, mm-hmm. I think, were at the Tower of Joy. Um, and Quentin Martell, I think, is one of the wildlings as well. And I can't remember which one. Good. It's I like it. dude. I like the theories. I Game of Thrones. Get, is, hope we get that book soon. Man, he's not on a strike. He can't do TV stuff right now, but he can write his books. Right. So, I think we're going to get the next one. We won't get the last one. I think one. technically he can. Uh, they kept shooting House of Dragon because it's in Britain and they have a. They're not on strike. They, they have a different uh, union there. Right. And that union's not on strike. Right. And they don't do sympathy strikes. Nice. So. I think they're still made it. I don't think they're allowed to write, but their show's written. So, yeah. It says don't improvise. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to do that anyway. No, not on that show. I don't I'm know. excited for it. I love the first I, season. I'm, I haven't rewatched it yet because I'm waiting until like a month before the second mm-hmm. season comes out. So that's when I'll rewatch it. Right. There's so, so, so many. I'm, I can't wait for Duncan Egg. Oh, yeah. Duncan Egg is going to blow everybody away. I mean, everybody's going to love it and it'll be hopefully, well, not hopefully I do want it to be game of Thrones, but hope, hopefully they tone it down just enough to where like your tweens can watch. Right. Well, it's going to be warm. Yeah. Duncan Egg is very warm stories, you know, crazy. Right. I mean, they're just, they feel like Arthurian tales, you know, we're like, it's, it's the best, you know, they're just violent enough to where it's still game of Thrones universe, Mm -hmm. but there's, it's funny. It's silly. There's, Heroic in every in every sense of the word. He's retardedly heroic. <laughs> the Hedge Knight is like still my favorite one. Yes, yeah. the fucking trial by seven is the greatest thing ever. 
I can't wait to see that on the screen. Dude, it's going to be. Hopefully he finishes those books so we can find out what happens at I think Summer there's Hall. only one more left. Maybe two. two. Maybe two. She Wolves of Winterfell. Right. All the way to Summer Hall. Right. So there's like 20 more years, 30 more years that they need to get through. I'd like to see, I'd like to see a young, because uh, uh, Dunk knighted Sir Barristan, I think, didn't he? I think so. I think he did. So it's going to be awesome. After a battle, he uh, knighted him. He Barristan might have been a squire. I can't remember. He was squiring for somebody. He killed somebody like a big, big deal killed somebody, you know, as a young. I like him because they call him Barristan the Bold because he entered the list at 10. That's fucking crazy. Going to joust at 10 and losing, of course, terribly. But then they were like, took his helmet like that. Look at this kid. Do you love this kid? <laughs> He's so bold. Oh, Barristan the Bold. I like how I did him with you think the Sopranos. Do you think you'd have entered the list at any point if you were in those? I would have entered the melee. Yeah, that'd be. My, I think I would be. That'd be my joint, too. I'd be good at the melee. Uh, on a horse, I'm of the opinion of uh, Sherlock Holmes in the, uh, in the uh, Guy Ritchie, Sherlock Holmes movies. He said, why don't you like horses? He said, how did you describe it? Dangerous at both ends and, and uh, tricky in the middle? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, Guy Ritchie's got a new movie that's pretty good called The Covenant. Yeah, I've heard it's good. I've heard it's very good. I like him. He takes big swings. He does. He doesn't always hit. But well, I, no. Revolver like was terrible. Um, it's a lot like fucking Christopher Nolan. Yeah. He takes big swings sometimes, and sometimes they don't work. Fucking Oppenheimer. They're still pretty man. cool. So fucking good. Oppenheimer's great, but yeah. the one before that. Tenet. Tenet. Wasn't very good. It's well made. It looks cool. It's very cool. It's fun to watch, but I don't know what happened. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like... It's like uh, fucking. Um, also, not for nothing. Denzel's son's not a very good actor. Is he not? No, that sucks. Considering his dad's so yeah, fucking great. Fucking Equalizer three's out. I forgot about I that. I watched the shit out of. Oh, that. dude, I love the Equalizer movies. They're like John Wick without all the fucking bombast. With an old man. Yeah. Without all the craziness. Mm-hmm. Without dragging a horse around and smacking its ass to kick people. It's so great. I love it too. You can't tell me you don't love but it. But I do. I love it, man. But it's just so absurd. It's great. Fucking, okay. All right. You better do your favorite thing. Um, uh, new comedy specials have been coming out. Uh, Luis J. Gomez has came out this week. It was pretty good. Very yeah. good. I'll say very good. I'd never really seen a stand up before. He's a idiot comedian. And I like Shane Gillis' special, though. Is good. The young bull, Shane Gillis. It's called Beautiful Dogs. Didn't he? He's the one that kicked off, got kicked off SNL, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's one of the, it's, it's the best special I've seen in many years. Really? It is just funny the entire time. Hmm. It's funny in the 90s way. Okay. Where like he's calling things gay and retarded. And it's funny still. Okay. And he does a big bit how he has, uh, uncle with down syndrome and and it's true yeah and um he makes grilled cheese sandwiches and sneaks them into restaurants just in case they don't serve grilled cheese sandwiches and his dad gets mad he's like are you bringing grilled cheese clark you're bringing grilled cheese sandwiches what do you make them at night no dad and then he leans over to shane i make them at night (laughs) it's just very very funny right um just the whole time. Laughs, laughs, laughs. Does a big Trump thing at the end. Yeah. He basically just quotes what he said after they after they killed the leader of ISIS. 
and it's very funny. They brought in dogs, beautiful dogs. It's, I mean, the whole thing, beginning to end, is silly, goofy, funny. Good. Which is what it should be. He's not making any points. Even if he is, he hides them with things that are funny instead of mm-hmm. preaching for 20 Sounds like kind of like Brian movie. Regan. Yeah. Yeah. Except for he's a little dirtier than Brian Regan. Sure. Um, another good one was uh, Mark Normand. Uh, I love him. Comedy. He's fucking great. He's jokes, jokes, jokes. And he's so offensive. That's the yeah. funniest part about it. Yeah. He's talking about the Black Little Mermaid. Have you heard yeah. his bit about that? <laughs> Have you heard his bit about yeah. that? He's like, I dated some black girls. Can't get that hair wet. <laughs> <laughs> he's just, that's that's what I want my comedians to be. I, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't want to, I don't mean that. Like when they have points, if they're, if they're able to make the points. And make it still be funny, but too often people are making points and not being funny for long stretches. Sure. But like these guys, they're just funny. It is stupid. It is funny. Why are you making a big deal out of it if they say something offensive? They're retards. You know what I mean? Um, but like your George Carlins who had points with their comedy and they were still able to make it funny. That works. That's good. They're, they can do that. To a certain degree. It's Towards sort the end of, like of his career, it, was, it got to be a little bit Preaching. Rough. It's yeah. sort of like um, their Eminem. And like, remember, Will Smith doesn't have to cuss in his rap. But I do. So fuck him and fuck fuck you too. Yeah. That's what these comedians are like. They're, they're dirty, mean comedians. And that's what I want. Oh yeah. All every now and then I want somebody that's making good points. Bill Burr makes some good points sometimes, but he's also very funny while he's doing it. Of course. I think Bill Burr's a goat. He's one of my goats. Yeah. There's, I think he's a better comedian than Chappelle. I probably Chappelle has his moments, but Chappelle's been preaching a lot lately, too. Yeah, I know. He's getting on my fucking nerves with stuff. Um, Lucy K still gets me every time. I watch, I watch his old oh, specials. He's, the best, dude. he's just so good. He is so fucking good. Everything he says is funny. He makes points, but it's all wrapped up in funny. Right. Um, I watched one of his specials last night. I think it was hilarious, was the name of it. Mm-hmm. And it was indeed hilarious. Mm-hmm. His one from 2017, right before he got canceled. Extremely funny. His last two after he got canceled, both of them are fucking funny. Right. Um, I'm glad. I'm glad that they're able to get through the cancellation. It yes. didn't work for them. It right. worked for a little while with uh, Louis, mm-hmm. and then like one of his sets leaked, and he was, he was just you know they have to try. Like when I write a song, I know it's good or bad. Mm-hmm. When they write jokes, they have to try it out in front of people to figure out what's good. Right. And some one of its sets leaked, and people are like, "Oh, he's a Nazi now." Oh no! Like, and uh, was just he's like, a Nazi. Yeah, he said some like talked about. He said some pretty Republicany things, but he's trying to make jokes. Right. And you know, whenever they're first starting, the jokes, whenever you're first writing them and stuff, they can be really bad. So you got to figure out how to get there. We got to tweak them. It takes years. Right. It takes years like to get Jerry there. Seinfeld did one act for yeah. ever. You know? He said, well, I would have burned the act. Exactly. Um, but the uh, people like uh, fucking, um, what's his face? Uh, uh, he, uh, all the comedy movies in the early 2000s. Judd Apatow. Judd Apatow was saying, oh, he's, he's just a Republican now. I can't believe how far he's fallen and shit. And Shane Gillis said on his podcast that Judd Apatow's gayer than ISIS, and that was hilarious. Um, 
Yeah, some of these guys really the the, the fucking clutching the pearls and and tur- turning on their own. I saw Judd Apatow's last comedy special that he put out. If he's not a very good comedian, ago. he's very bad at comedy. Yeah, it was all him referencing famous people that he knows. God, that is anno- bad. That's, that's annoying without even fucking seeing it. And now he's persona non grata in comedy because you it um, remember in Planet of the Apes, ape no kill ape. Yeah, he's attacked other comedians. You you don't attack other comedians, even if you hate them. You shut the you, if you have a personal problem with him, you go you go to him personally. Mm-hmm. You don't attack him online and do all this shit. So now he's persona non grata in in the world of stand up comedy. I'm sure they'll let him make movies or whatever. He's made some good movies. He has made some great movies. Yeah. I've enjoyed most of the movies I've seen him. Right. It's like Paul Feig. Paul Feig has made he's made lots of good movies, but he's also made Ghostbusters 2016. An abortion is funnier than Ghostbusters 2016. I'm like the, uh, the critical drinker is. Do you watch him? I've seen clips of the Holocaust that I enjoyed more oh, than Ghostbusters 2016. That's, that's fucking. See, rough. I'm joking. I don't I mean know, that. I know that. <laughs> I'm saying it's funny, but it is rough. <laughs> it's funny. It's just, um, it's one of these. You're like, ah, <laughs> don't kvetch over it. It'll be fine. <laughs> Uh, favorite things. Yeah, those specials are the best. Uh, just oh. completely funny all the time. Give me more of that. Um, what else? Um, I went and played disc golf at uh, the Bryant disc golf course this morning. Me and Adam. Nice. At his parents' house. They have a course set up, 20 holes. 20 holes? Yeah, there's 10. I think there's 10 baskets, and you have two different fairways to each one of them. So that's, that's 20 big, holes. isn't it? It's it goes around the property. Okay, but at the same time, I mean, that's sometimes you use the same basket three times. I think, hmm. but it's yeah, a nice practice course. It's a good. It's actually a harder course than most of the courses we play. Really? Yeah. Honest to God, I told him like, you should just play here and get good two or three times a week. Mm-hmm. And all a lot, most of the other courses we play will seem easy. Yeah, because it's in the woods mostly, tight lines everywhere. They put. Mandos where you have to go around a power pole and shit. It's it's harder than most of the courses we play, and I'm not joking. And that's good. Yeah. If you play there two or three times a week, and then you go to the tournament on the weekend, and it's it's going to seem a little easier. Except for nerves get more involved in the tournament. Oh, absolutely. Um, what else have I enjoyed? Uh, the disc golf world championship was last weekend. That was fun to watch. A little fella from Georgia won. Yeah. Isaac Robinson. Trying to think of anything that uh, I'm enjoying the, the weather delay with the Mountaineer football. That's what's happening. They've run the same commercial over and yeah. over. Have They're you noticed just that? Waiting for him to come back. Why not yeah. tap into another game? Right. I guess I could change the. I've watched channel. that girl do that fucking whatever that thing is ten times. I think it's a pirouette, but I'm not sure. Um, there's a country singer. I guess he's country. I don't know what the like. He, Oliver Anthony. No, no. He's. I don't hate him, but whatever. No, no. I think he's got a good voice. Well, no. Do you know the firestorm surrounding that? Yeah, we talked about it with Aaron and Elena. I don't know, th- but I don't think we got into the fact that... Did we get into the fact that that the Republicans started trying to use him as a prop? Yeah, we didn't, prop? We, we didn't get that far. Okay. But he was know, on Rogan, 
And he told the Republicans to go yeah. fuck themselves. It was like, it's, uh, this song's about you just as much as it is about anybody else. Exactly. This song has nothing to do with Joe Exactly. Biden. And then all the fucking Newsmax people lost their mind and shit. You're turning your back on the people. And it's just like, fuck you. Fuck you. From what I understood by hearing him on Joe Rogan, he's he's a libertarian. He's a centrist. Yeah. he's pro- Yeah. That's what it seemed like to he's me. He's like one of us. Yeah. And he seems like a good guy. If I was his friend, I would have... I would have told him to edit some of those things out, like the fudge round. There's no reason for that. I don't, but I don't think that's the way he meant it to be taken. I know, but that's the way it's going to get taken. Sure, you know what I mean. Yes. Um, there was there's things that you can attack that are better, like corporate welfare. Sure. Attack that. Yeah. Attack fucking. Um, you know, expound on Epstein Island. Instead of just that one line about it that was mm. clunky and didn't really fit. Right. Um, also, he might not. He's way more famous than me, but he might not has might he might not have have, have been doing this as long as I have. Mm-hmm. Um. So I can weave things the way I'm, I'm able to put my thoughts down better than he might be able to. I, I think. Just, I just or think. maybe that's exactly what he wanted to say. I don't know. I think the line he was saying about the fudge rounds thing was he was referring to himself and he was saying that as someone else was saying it. You know what I mean? Maybe. That's what I think. That's what the gist of it is what I heard. That he was saying that, you know, rich people were saying, why do my welfare dollars go to, you know, somebody weighing 300 pounds eating fudge rounds? You know what I mean? He was saying that as that person. Yeah, maybe. Attacking, you know, someone like him who, you know, had to eat because that's all he's got. You know what I mean? It was, it was clunky line at best. It's, it was very clunky. Yeah. So like, um, if that's not in there, he's there. The left, right, and center are fighting over who loves him more. Right. He's doing fine anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, he said he says he's turning down big contracts with record deals. If I was him, I'm signing no record deals. I'm not changing a thing. I'm writing more songs and I'm just recording them bare bones. Acoustic guitar, voice, right. and I'm putting them out. That is all I'm doing. I'm not getting a band. I'm not getting producers. It is going to be so bare bones, and I'm going to be fine. You don't need to get, all. Get your two two years. Get millions of dollars. Yeah, without all the mucky muck. Yeah, without all the stuff. Just yep. go on a little tour, get all the money, mm-hmm. and have fun. And then... Whenever your time runs out, then maybe try to get a band and do a thing or something yeah, like yeah. that. But there's no no reason to split this revenue. Right. You know? I mean, it's like Master P. As much as I hated his music, mm-hmm. I mean, he turned down record deals because he was making more out of his trunk. Yeah. You know, he's making he's making terrible music, but people were buying it. So. Well, he made the country in 1998 say, uh. It's the worst fucking music. It was fun. No, it wasn't. I had fun. It was garbage, dude. The guy I was going to say was uh, Zach Bryan. Oh, he's like a uh, he's like Oklahoma's Bruce Springsteen. I think he. <laughs> I really like a lot of his shit. Now a lot of his shit does sound the same, but I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No, not Bruce Springsteen uses the same chord progressions over and over. Well, he's Bruce. E G C G a lot. <laughs> Motherfucker <laughs> use that shit a lot. Right. <laughs> um, then when, when he wants accent, he goes E G. D, 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 D. That's, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. It's it's in a lot of his songs. It, right. Zach Brown does the same thing, but I really like his lyrics a lot. I like, um, it's a little bit rowdy. I like a little bit rowdy, especially 
he's calling it he's not calling himself country music they're just kind of putting that on him mm-hmm. um he seems like a cool guy a party and i'm glad uh he just started putting videos up on youtube a few years ago and it just hit people thought he was cool nice he, i think he started sort of ripping off Tyler, not ripping off but being inspired by tyler childers and writing songs like tyler childers well, i mean which is what we all do sure and of the people you could rip off Sturgill Simpson, Tyler Childers, and and Chris Stapleton yeah. are the guys to rip off. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to hear any more fucking... We haven't even discussed the whole... Uh, who's that fucking idiot who made the song? Um, Jason Aldean? Yeah. Um, I think we talked about it a few weeks ago. But I don't think we talked about it. I, th- I think we didn't... We talked about we didn't know what the video was or any of that stuff. Yeah. I, I wasn't... I don't even know... I still don't know what the video is, but I can see a fucking... Uh, bullshit play when i when i see i know a bullshit play when i see it he's just fucking tapping into that fucking trumpet shit that's what he's doing mm-hmm. he's he's terrible he's always been terrible his music sucks you i think know, he has one song that i like oklahoma or amarillo sky i think i like that song see that's the thing like kenny chesney has a song that i love i don't think he's good no yeah but uh he has uh that uh <sighs> What is it? it's uh, it's barely even a country song. It's a uh, shit. It's almost like a folk song. Uh, fuck, I can't even remember how it goes. Riding along in little pink houses, you know, something like that. Oh uh, yeah, I love that song. It's a good tune. You know, they they can release a good tune on occasion. Yeah, I just hate what they stand for. I'm not talking the Trumpist shit and all that stuff. I'm sick of discussing that, honestly. I'm I'm fucking over it. He's a piece of shit. We all know it. Who fucking cares? Because it's not gonna it's not gonna change anything. Um but I just the whole fucking thing to tap into something and fucking make a dollar off of it. Mm-hmm. Just country is the worst with that. I I think, you know Correct me if I'm wrong. Kenny Chesney's been around for 30 years. Yeah. That is insane. I think it's, it's a cover of his first album. I know he had the hair and all that stuff. <laughs> Not a good looking guy. Now he's all jacked and always wears sleeveless shirts. Right. What's wrong with this man? He can't afford sleeves on his shirts. I used to fuck with a friend like that. He actually got offended. I mean, we weren't quite friends yet, but I we were friendly and I said it and he really offended him. And later he was like, man, I always felt terrible about that. I was just kidding. And he laughed and said, I know, man. He's just like, it was just, you know, caught me off guard. So um, other favorite things. That's about it, man. I ain't got nothing else. I, I had some, uh, the music thing. I, um, Oh, Dropkick's coming in a month. Yep. Ringo's coming in a month. Lana Del Rey's coming in a month. Ringo Starr. Ringo Starr, yeah. You coming to Charleston? Mm-hmm. Nice. Me and J-Mo's going. Lana Del Rey's coming to Charleston? It's pretty awesome. That is awesome. I, she's, I don't, I don't what, care for her stuff very much. I love her. I know you do. She's great. I, I, it's not bad. Don't get me wrong. It's just not my thing. Um, well, it's very mild compared to a lot of stuff you listen to. But that's no. See, you know how my music taste goes. Like, yeah. it, there's, it, there's a radical fork in it. Yeah, you know, I like stuff like uh, Lord Huron, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then there's a song that I wanted to play. I wonder if we could get away with it because I Probably wanted not. to hear it. Um, it's called Bagels by this uh, girl from New Zealand, and it's just this dream pop fucking. It's beautiful. You know, I love that. And then punk. You know, it's just I. You know, 
of course. I'm just but. wondering how we're getting all these acts here now. Like, why why was this 30 year drought in getting good performances here? Did you really have country to ask that? or weird metal? Trump is why we're getting all these. Why national park? You think so? Yes. Hmm. Once a state gets a national park, it gives them an identity. Now we've got a national park, and we were in the top three national parks in the country. Top three or top five, I can't remember. Hmm. And, dude, I don't know if you've been up to Fayetteville lately. It's a fucking madhouse. And it's a couple and weeks. And it's spreading out to, to Summersville as well. Well, yeah, they got a state park now. That's what I'm saying. It's They're all in line. So it's all growing. And I don't know. That's another thing that I don't know how to feel about. At first, I was for it, and now I don't know. I know Summersville doesn't like it. Also, there's some weird private-public contracts going on there. Where somebody's going to make a lot of money off Right. That. Well, going to the lake this year was fun. Um, I love the lake. I love my, essentially my in-laws. I mean, I love, they're my, I'm some of my favorite people. Got to play with the baby, all that good stuff. And um, it was fun, but at the same time, it feels like the cat's out of the bag. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? For one thing, getting a fucking spot is starting to become so impossible that we now have to log on four or five people fighting for like the spots that we want. You know, I like, okay, my favorite place right now is the stretch of road. Kessler's Clash Lanes, essentially. You know, where you go around that big curve and you're on your way up to the lake and you go have just passed through essentially Lockwood and stuff like that. It's lonely. It's empty. There's nobody there. You know what I mean? And then Carnifax Ferry is the same. Hardly anybody goes there. It's still got that fucking serenity that we used to have all the time. We're going to lose that, and we've already started to lose it. Fuck, uh, over Labor Day weekend, Golly Bridge, the fucking campground was packed. You couldn't fit another person in there. Cathedral Falls was packed. You couldn't fit another car, but then parking in would walk up to it. The fucking falls where you park where the where the hydro is and you and you get in the lake has cars lined up where you can't fit another car in there. People are paddleboarding. They're coming down the river beside the house, all this stuff. I was like, this is what I thought I wanted, but I don't know if I want it. Because now we have to give up something that we had. You know, that anonymi- that 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 serenity, that seclusion, that anonymity. It's gonna go away. And actually it's crazy reading Hyperion because there was a the, one of the planets was called Maui Covenant, and it was this fucking beautiful planet that had these giant modal islands. They were living things with these tree sails and the and the and then they brought dolphins from Earth, and the dolphins fit in seamlessly and would started to guide the tree sails around, and I mean the uh, modal islands around. And it was this beautiful idyllic place that was out of the way. It had no forecaster. The forecaster is this thing where you step through and you're there. Boom. It took. Farcaster, a Farcaster. That's a cool name for something. It's uh, they definitely stole that for um, for Stargate because um, that's essentially the same same principle. It's a gate you put up, and the coolest story was another cool story is the console story. There was a woman named Siri was her name, like you know, like Siri, and this guy was part of the crew to build the Farcaster and bring things to these places. When he would go, it was three months for him. 10 years for her and they fell in love so he goes there he's 23 he comes back he's he's 24 she was 15 or 
I can't, 17 when they started seeing each other, something like that. Then she's 27. Then she's 37. And then by the end, she's an old lady and she's dying. And, you know. Do you think uh, Nolan might have taken a little bit of that for the uh, um, in uh, Interstellar? Yes, how he goes to this planet, but that's physics. Yeah, that's the way time. That's the way time works with planets and stuff like that. Sure, I know he's read it. Everybody who loves science fiction has read Hyperion. But anyway, the 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 worst part about it was is that Maui Covenant didn't want the Farcaster. They're like, we know what you're offering. You're offering money. We don't want it. We want our we want our home. You can't take our home from us. And they fought against him. And the fucking hegemony came in. They killed all the dolphins. They set up fucking drilling platforms. They brought f- like f- 50 million tourists to the Farcaster a year of things, and they destroyed Maui Covenant. And the, the, but the coolest part about it was is that there is a, the console is that guy and series, like great grandson. And he has been working this. That's one of the coolest things about Hyperion. It is a fucking long game revenge and he is getting the ousters to invade the hegemony he's hmm. he's in on it to re, to to revenge for his grandparents Interesting. For, it's fucking awesome dude because it, it blows your fucking mind because the way he tells the story is first and confusing you're like siri was 36 when i came back this time i was 25 you know and he's like she had started to age and then our son was he had grandsons who were who were older than, older than him cool and he was like going up to her grave and he's like, I'm looking at the bald head of my great grandson telling me, uh, no, it was his grandson. He's like, he's like, uh, no, it was his son. It was his son's role. He's like, dad, we're going up to, uh, to mom's grave. And he's, he's a young man and they're all old. And that's, it's because there's no forecaster there. He was on a torch ship. It puts you in, you know, that's the way when you go away from something, time stays the same for you and it, and it accelerates for them. That's the way it works. So, yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, man, I'm going to get you the first Hyperion book. I think you'll be into it. So, Sounds like I'd be into it. Yeah. Anything else you want to talk about? No, but let's go out on, uh, let's go out on the jerk song. Which one? Um, the new one. Um, Nowhere. Nowhere? Yes. Got you, fam. All right, here goes. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Good night. Fire Neil Brown. Fire Neil Brown. <laughs>